Your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. Tonight's tale of terror comes from the Trick or Treaters podcast. Join them as they journey into the horrifying unknown. <laughs> you are listening to the Trick or Treaters podcast, part of the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Movie reviews, horror news, and all the gory details. Listen if you dare. And hello everyone and welcome to episode number 17 of the Trick or Treaters podcast. I am your host Kyle and as always I am joined by my lovely co-host JR. JR, how are you doing today, buddy? I am doing wonderful. It is as we're recording 8:35 Pacific Standard Time, uh <laughs> January 3rd. Happy New Year to all of our listeners. Happy New Year to you, Kyle. I hope you had a uh a good new year. Oh yes, it was it was wonderful. I got to I was off work on New Year's Day, so I didn't have to have to work. I had to sit home and enjoy. It's only been you know three days into the new year, but I, I can't complain. I've got the next two days off after this, and uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. We'll, we have we have Wrestle Kingdom here in a couple of hours, and uh, I we're talking about one of my favorite vampire movies tonight. So I'm I'm super excited. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a good new year. Um, I. I was fortunate I didn't get any weight on Christmas, but I went to my parents and they put out a whole uh, a giant spread of appetizers. And I don't do desserts, but man, you put out a bunch of like nachos or egg rolls or taquitos in front of me. I don't know how to stop. So I gained <laughs> 20 pounds on New Year's Day from eating all the appetizers. And, you know, the big the big thing now is the, the charcuterie boards. And we had I mean, we had the works just. It was all appetizers, and we're supposed to get together for dinner, and everybody was so stuffed for di- from the appetizers, no dinner was made. Oh man, that's 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 a, that sounds like that sounds wonderful, man. So uh, like I said before, uh, today we're gonna do things a little different. We're just gonna cut straight into the review. It, besides me and Jr. today, we're joined by some wonderful guests who we were really excited to have on our show tonight. So, so as everybody knows, last week. Me and Jr. took a trip to Santa Carla, and uh, you know we had a wonderful time. And on the way back, we ran into a couple of Lost Boys who decided to to hitch a ride with us and join us on tonight's adventure. We have Andy and Brian from the Dead in Santa Carla podcast. Andy, Brian, how are you, how are you two doing, guys? Hey, doing good, buddy. Thanks for having us <laughs> on, man. What's going on, brother? You are one of us. What's going on, dude? <laughs> I am. I am one of you. I'm I'm stoked. Yeah, we're happy to be on here, man. Thanks so much for inviting us on, buddy. Oh, yeah. Dude. Anytime. Yeah, uh, uh, me and JR has been fans of y'all's podcast even before we ever joined the network, or even before we ever joined uh, made a podcast. Oh, thank <laughs> you, man. Appreciate that. It means a lot. Yeah, I'm a this is a big treat for me because you, I think your guys was the first horror podcast I ever listened to. And I'm trying to remember if it was child's play three was the first oh, one I listened to classic. I was, I was hooked ever since I was like, these, oh, these guys have, the experience, <laughs> they have the chemistry. It's, you know, it's all about good times and, and fun. And I was just stoked when uh, Kyle told me we we're going to have both of you guys on for this episode. Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, that means a lot. It really Dude, does. Thank, 
Thank you, and I love that you said Child's Play 3, because that was a fun episode. That was a very fun episode, yes. <laughs> that was absolutely. a very fun episode. Thanks for the kind words, dude. Yeah, it's kind of, we're just two dudes that talk about all the horror movies we love and the horror movies we don't love, and we pretty much try to create an environment where it's just two two bros, two dudes, two friends, just talking talking and bullshitting about horror, so I'm, exactly. I'm glad that's what you attracted it attracted you to the podcast because that's what we're fucking shooting for so thank you guys yeah oh yeah and i would say uh, i would say both uh, both of you uh s- succeed excessively at that like I, every episode i listen to it's always uh even if it's a movie I, I i've even listened to episodes of movies i haven't even seen and it just makes me w- want to watch the movie because of how much fun i listen to episode and like <laughs> it never fails i always hear brian just dying of laughter in the background <laughs> at some point <laughs> we have fun man we have a good time but yeah man t- uh, t- tonight where everybody's joined here and we're gonna talk about uh, one of my personal favorite vampire movies i know uh, you and brian enjoy this movie as, as much as i do uh as much as i do andy and i, I believe you said it was uh, uh probably your favorite vampire movie yeah there's a lot of nostalgia here uh it came out in yeah. 1985 um it was one of the first hand very small handful of horror films that i actually watched as a kid um and it was one of the first ones that i would watch over and over like this was like this was a lot like lodged in with a nightmare on elm street friday 13th part six uh part seven and friday return of the living dead all those kind of movies those were like and poltergeist was another one um there was like this select few movies in my early on childhood of getting into horror that i would watch over and over and this was this was definitely one of them <laughs> i love this yeah. movie a lot oh yeah it's a great it's a great one and uh uh, uh when i was re-listening to, to y'all's episode on it uh did you you made a good point and uh i see it all the time too when people make like lists of like van- of favorite vampire movies or just even horror films uh this movie often gets overlooked i i, I don't see it on many lists honestly yeah, it's weird. It's complete. It, uh, I mean, Brian, I, I think Brian, you and I came to the conclusion. It's like, I don't know if it's necessarily underrated. It, it, I think it definitely is a little bit, but I, I almost feel like this movie has just kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit. Because yeah, not, like, not, so. not only is this like my, like probably my personal favorite vampire movie. This is like a top ten eighties horror film for me, for my yeah. personal favorite. Oh, yeah. yeah, you know, so it's like. Agree. You know, it's 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 probably one of my top. Honestly, it might even make my top ten favorite horror films of all time. That's but again, there's a lot of nostalgia there for me with this one. Um, Brian, I think that you said on our episode when we covered in episode fifty that these were the first boobs you saw on screen. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, <laughs> I remember yeah. hearing about that. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent or two hundred percent, depending on how your math. But yeah, 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 absolutely. I I I mean, of course, I was. I was eight. I was eight when this movie came out, and uh, so I'm showing my age a little bit. But um, yeah, I kind of my similar my, my story is kind of similar to Andy's. This is one of the this is easily one of the first, probably within maybe ten horror films. I think I actually remember seeing, you know. Right. And so yeah, ah man, this is this is a this is a this is a fucking good one. <laughs> I mean, uh, lay it lay it down next to next to five other vampire movies and uh, you'll be hard you'll be hard pressed to find uh find too many other movies that you can stack against it oh yeah that i would that i would pull first you know what i mean like this would easily yeah. be first 
second pull. And I don't think that there's any other movie that that I would compare to that you know like like take take for example like the the romantic style of vampire movies that we have like is this this stands next to movies like fucking Dracula like uh, yeah, it does the Gary Oldman Dracula and I'm gonna tell you right now that if I had to choose between those two movies fucking Gary Oldman staying on the shelf basically like, <laughs> I'm sorry and I like that movie but this is a way f- more fun movie than- it, yeah it is it is and w- what's great though is like it, 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 it's a pretty long movie it's it's like a, an hour and 45 minutes hour 46 yeah. minutes and, and what's crazy is like you know usually movies like that you know you can usually tell like okay yeah this is a, a long movie and it, it kind of drags and this movie doesn't drag like you put this on and then you can get through it. And there's really no scenes that I can honestly think of that I, I would cut out of the movie that, I, that I'd want to cut out of the movie. Cause every scene in this movie, like, you know, makes sense. Yeah, it does. It yeah. flows. Well, it's an easy watch. Um, it's honestly the Tom Holland, I, I, the writer, just writer and director of this. Yeah, this is this is my by far. I mean, well, I don't want to say by far, not that his other films are shit. I like a, a, f- a handful of his other films, but this is for me by far my favorite film of his. Um, he directs the shit out of this movie, man. It's it's oh, really yeah. it's really well, for one, it's a really gr- really really good story with really well written great characters. That's yep. what carries this movie is the characters. They're so well written. They're so well portrayed. You care about all of them. And that's kind of the glue to this movie. And even the villains in this, you know, like Jerry Big Dick Dandridge, as we like to call him. <laughs> right, Brad? Yeah. 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 Jerry Big Dick Dandridge, while he's the villain in this and the vampire, he is a kick ass vampire. So it's like mm-hmm. even even that character is nailed. So, yeah, yeah the, you can tell. Just the way this story flows on screen, just the story in general, it was definitely a very passionate project when Tom Holland ta- tackled it. He was very, you can yeah. just tell, man, it, it oozes it, through the screen. Very, a lot of passion behind this. And, mm-hmm. and he really knocked it out of the park. And what's crazy is that this is his directorial debut. debut. Yeah, before yeah. this, he yep. he just wrote some screenplays. He he, yep. he did uh, he did Psycho two up yep. uh, in eighty three, but in the people who like who in the case people who haven't uh, seen Fright Night, uh, Tom Holland's you know most known for writing and directing Child's Play. Yep, which came out just a few years after this in '88. Yeah. So, yeah, he he uh, he yeah, because he 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 uh, co-wrote the screenplay of Child's Play and directed, and that's another one good film of his. And that also has Chris Sarandon who plays yeah. Jerry Nandritz in this. Um, no, this is um this is a really <laughs> well. You know what's funny about this, Brian? This was our 50th episode special. Like, this was our 50th episode, but mm-hmm. we picked this because, and it was actually your idea, Brian, to do this for a 50th episode. We, we we picked this to do for our 50th episode because the very first talk that Brian and I ever had, we had a practice discussion, a practice episode, if you will, before uh-huh. we even launched the podcast, and it was on Fright Night. Oh and, wow! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I we I I'm I'm not gonna lie, the the talk went so well, I almost just said screw it and made it our first episode. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, I had so doing it for our fiftieth, it made it made sense because I was like, man, that was such a good good time that we had talking about that movie. I was like, let's let's do it again, you know. 
you know, and the, I was kind of worried that some of it would be be like forced, but it wasn't at all. Like even talking yeah. about it, about it again, it was it was super easy and super fun. But and that's the good thing about uh, about a good horror movie, man. Like you can talk about it a million times, and and if if it's a good movie and you're having a, and and you have a good time watching it, uh, it's all it always makes for a good conversation, even if you've oh, yeah. talked about that movie. 20 30 fucking times you know i mean i think for our two i think for our 1000th episode we're gonna talk about fright night fucking <laughs> probably there you go, there you go. <laughs> Telling you. that's wonderful uh yeah tom holland said he uh he he based he bases this movie uh on the, the boy who cried wolf but with a he wanted to do like a movie where you know a teenage boy lives a vampire moves in next door and no one believes him and right. he you know, he puts himself in that, in that shoes of like, you know, what would he do in that situation? Yes. And there's a lot of rear. This movie reminds me of rear window meets meets a vampire movie. It's very, yeah. it's a lot of elements there with a neighbor next door and all that. And another film that came out, it was kind of a remake of uh rear window was Disturbia. That was another one. Yeah. Um, but it's kind of it's kind of cut from that same cloth for sure. But it works. It works. Uh, and yeah. again, it all starts with the characters in this movie for me. I've always felt that way. This isn't some like revelation for me. I've always felt this way. Is the reason I love this movie is because these characters are so fucking awesome. Yeah, they're great. They're written oh, well. Yeah. They're performed well. Everything. Yeah, it, it's funny that, that you mentioned uh, you mentioned Rear Window and you said that uh, Disturbia is like a it's kind of it's kind of like a different version of that because yeah. I, I was looking online and uh oh i forgot uh where it was but someone did like a little uh if they could uh do like a little synthesis for this movie and they said it was like the lost boys meets disturbia yeah, there you go. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what it is that's, that's what it is no yeah it's it's definitely it's, it's I mean that's what I've always said about this movie too. It's yeah. funny. It's Rear Window meets a vampire movie. It's it's yeah. it's Rear Window. I think what I always just say back in the day was it's Rear 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 Window meets Dracula. That's kind of that's yeah. kind of what it is. Um, but no, I this movie definitely, man. Yeah, it's like Brian said. I could talk about this movie nonstop. That's why when you <laughs> when you posted in the Discord that you wanted get you know whoever wanted yeah. to come on for certain episodes and you dropped and this is over a month ago you did this yeah yeah um yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I saw you had Fright Night on there and I'm like you know and no one picked it I think I had missed the message for a little yeah. bit no one picked I'm like dude I'll take fucking Fright Night bro yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and it just bullshit worked. about Fright Night. <laughs> And, and I like that. Originally, I wanted y'all to come on for the, the Lost Boys. It, it just obviously, made, it, it, you know, it made more sense. But, but now that I think of it, it, it uh, I feel like it's better that we did Lost Boys and then had you on for the very next episode <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on Fright Night. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so without uh, further ado. What would you do if you accidentally discovered the house next door was occupied by something not human? Something horrifying. Something unspeakably evil. No one believes you. Mom, I didn't have a nightmare. Not your mom. They did kill a girl over there. Not your girlfriend. Charlie, is this some sort of a trick to get me back? 
Not even the police. Look, I know it's crazy. I know that, but look, Lieutenant! It knows that you know. You'll do anything to protect yourself. But it will do anything to protect its secret. This could be the night of your life. All right, so Friday Night was released on August second in uh, nineteen eighty five. It uh, it had a budget of of seven to nine point twenty five million, and it made a box office of twenty four point nine million. And uh, what's interesting about that is on its opening weekend alone, it scored over six million dollars. And it actually went on and won a silver medal at the box office for all horror films in 1985. It was uh, it was only uh, second to uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, who topped at uh, a 30 million. Yeah, wow. yeah, it, 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 man, movies back then like they killed the first weekend, but they just didn't have legs. Especially, yeah, yeah, yeah. especially, especially horror. That's a shame. Well, I mean, it still made a shit ton of money. I mean, it's, at the time, I mean, it tripled its budget almost. It's pretty much tripled its budget essentially. Yeah, no, it. Uh, that's funny. I didn't know that. That's cool. I think this won some Saturn Awards too, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it did. Uh, I can't. I, I forget. I, uh, I, I think I know Roddy McDowell. I think I believe one. I believe was one. Yeah. Yeah, Roddy McDowell won one. He won for best supporting actor. It also won for. Uh, Best writing and uh, it won best horror film Saturn Award. Yeah, yeah. And Chris Sarandon was nominated, and it's a shame that he didn't win. <laughs> I know, but that's insane because he, man, he he has he does a really good vampire in this movie. Like, I would honestly put this in a top list of best uh, you know vampire performances. Great. Easily, easily. And, I mean, what one of the things is to put it in perspective because I always like to do like the inflation. So yeah. That, Nine million dollars in 1985 is equivalent to 21 million dollars today, sure. and a 24 million dollar box office is equivalent to about a 58 million dollar box office. Uh, so, okay. I mean, that's I think you know when you look at a film like Fright Night and, and being a cult classic, I think for me that's you know not just a respectful, but that's a really great I think return on their investment, even you know with to, even to today's money. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's not bad. And, and it's pretty solid, honestly, for horror in 1985, honestly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I I was raised in a video store too, uh, throughout throughout pretty much the entire 80s. Actually, in 85, starting in 1985. Yeah. Um, and this probably came out on VHS, probably in 86, something like that, if I can re- remember right. Uh, man, this thing was popular as shit. Yeah. <laughs> this movie was hella popular, man. Um, for a lot of reasons, and '85. That's cool. It won the Saturn because '85 was a good year for horror, bros. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Return of Living Dead came out that year. Uh, you had Reanimator came out that year. It's a pretty damn good year for horror. Oh yeah, I like that you mentioned that you uh, you grew up in a video store because next time I was gonna say like before you even see this movie, one of the things that really stands out in my opinion uh, is the box art the, the box art is like yeah. one of my favorite things about this movie oh it's and, so and, good yeah it's like one of the things that honestly 
uh, tempted me to, to watch the movie before I even knew what it was. Right. So no, it's a great cover. One of my one of my all time favorite VHS jackets for sure. So when this came out on video, Andy, do you remember? Did this have one of those ginormous boxes like uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night did? <laughs> do you remember? I don't. Yeah, I know what you mean because uh, no, I know exactly what you mean. It did not. It was in more. It was in the more traditional VHS cover for oh, sure. Okay. It was. You know, it might have been. Missed it might have been. But here's the thing. It wasn't the giant because, like, dude, you know what it was? The, those giant ones like that, yeah. like Silent Night. Usually the films that were kind of controversial went to that bigger thing to make it pop. Damn, Damn. really? Okay, yeah, okay. Like I want to say, like sp- I spit on your grave had a similar kind of thing like that. Oh so. god, that one had probably had. It was probably four times the size of even the big ones. <laughs> right. <laughs> probably, <laughs> right. Right. It was the size of if a I rem- if, Sim if Super I- Nintendo box. <laughs> it's so funny you asked me about the actual V, like the like details of the VHS jacket. I just got this memory that just like went through my brain. It was so strange. Yeah. It, like, like literally a light bulb. I do remember the VHS of this. It was the ones that did like open and close. They weren't like, cause you know, uh, they would, this, it would open and close and it was solid white with the artwork. So it was yeah. solid white. And then the, the insert, uh, artwork, the, the insert jacket was, was, was put in that, but it was like a white open, open and shut cover yeah okay i'm gonna find one on ebay <laughs> i don't <laughs> even have vhs i don't even have that technology but i want this one. <laughs> and uh b- besides it you know winning the saturn award stuff you know uh y- y'all talked about on um on your episode uh it also spawned a documentary called you're so cool producer yes and uh y'all was talking about how like you uh you know you uh i looked everywhere for it too uh you can't find a, a, a place to view it. It used to be on Shutter, but I don't know when that when it got took off and how long it was on there. But like, right. I've looked all over the place for it. And uh, before we were before I left work today, before we came on to record this, I looked up on eBay just just to see. I found somebody selling a Blu-ray, uh, a Blu-ray uh, ver- uh, a copy of it for two hundred dollars. So I'll <laughs> yeah, save you the trouble. That. So get this, Kyle. Literally, like two weeks after we recorded that episode, yeah, I went online. I'm like, man, why don't I own this fucking movie on Blu-ray? And I, I, I ordered the Blu-ray. Oh, did you? Okay. Of Fright Night, the documentaries and the special features of the Blu-ray of Fright. Night. Are you serious? Wow. Yes. And I, <laughs> and I didn't. I couldn't find that anywhere online telling me that. Yeah. Either. I like research forever because the, the documentary is called You're So Cool, Brewster. Yeah. And I was like, I wanted to watch. I'm like, damn, I never got to watch it before that. But it, ironically, I bought the Blu-ray like a week or two after we recorded that episode. And sure as shit, You're So Cool, Bro- Brewster, the Fright Night documentary is on the special features of the Fright Night Blu-ray. That's OK. That's, that's just, so now. So, if I, so all I got to do is buy the Blu-ray for Fright Night and I'll have that. Correct. And good, good. <laughs> I know. I was really. I'm like, you gotta be fucking shitting me, because I was. I was like completely like distraught and depressed <laughs> that I did not watch that before our 50th episode on Friday night. I was like, God, because not only did I just want to watch it for the episode, I just wanted to watch it. Period. I'd wa- been wanting to watch it for years, and I never got a chance to. But it was, uh, spoiler alert, it's pretty good. It's not bad. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. Uh, I'll, I'll for sure be ordering the Blu-ray then here soon. All right, so it stars Chris Sarandon. Am I saying that Chris Sarandon? 
Sarandon, man. Susan Sarandon's ex-husband. They were yeah. they were they were married, I believe, from like they got married in like 1969, and then like uh, divorced in the late 70s, I believe. Yeah, something like that. How do I know that? Don't don't ask. I'm actually, <laughs> I look guy. I tell you. Yeah. No, no, no. no I know and, that because IMDb told me when I was reading up on Chris Sarandon the other day. So yeah. Yes. <laughs> and uh, he he plays Jerry Dandred, who is you know our vampire or Jerry the vampire. And uh, I, I was reading up uh, before uh, before he took the role, he was very uh, he was very cautious about it. Like uh, I think it uh, it actually it wasn't until he actually read the script that, uh, that he wanted he wanted he wanted to take this role. Yeah, he he didn't want to do horror. Yeah. That's- that's what I gauged from um, an interview he did. Um, yeah, he just he turned it down because he just wasn't in horror. And ironically, he would he would do this and then he would go on to do another horror movie with Tom Holland <laughs> three years later. <laughs> I think that's kind of funny. You know what makes me sad though? I, I asked uh, I asked Chris Sarandon and requested a cameo of Chris Sarandon <laughs> to, to say Big Dick Dandridge, and he he said no. He said, uh, no. he, oh, he, you believe that? You believe that? <laughs> hey, I'm so surprised. <laughs> what an asshole! <laughs> hey, this is your old I'm pal sure Jerry Big Dick Dandridge. How's yeah. it going, Brian? Your friend Andy sent me a cameo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that would have been fucking magical, but (laughs) you know how great that would have been. Oh Oh, God, God, it would. Oh God, we would have used it on our show like crazy. Eventually, eventually, Brian and are gonna have a fucking soundboard at some point, and that that would have definitely went on there. Jerry Big Dick Dandridge. Oh my God. (laughs) But besides him, uh, we have uh, William Ragsdale who plays uh, plays our who plays Charlie Brewster, and uh, uh. I was looking up uh, some stuff before he took the role. Uh, Charlie Sheen actually wanted this role, but uh, Tom Holland denied him an audition because he said he didn't fit. He didn't fit the part. Wow. Wow. Can you imagine Charlie Sheen here? Charlie Brewster. Charlie Brewster? No, he, not vulnerable enough. Yeah. Not vulnerable enough for me. Yeah. yeah I, I think I agree. I think I agree with that. I think uh, Tom Holland said it was because he, he looked too much like a pretty boy. Yeah, to, uh, he's too cool. He's too cool yeah. for Charlie Brewster. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then we have Amanda <laughs> Amanda Beer, uh, uh, Beers, who of course plays on on Married with Children. Yes, Marcy. Yeah. Marcy. Yeah. Marcy. One of the most politically correct I, shows. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Jr. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Go ahead, Jr. Well, I was just shocked because when I was watching this and I'm trying to remember if I had seen Fright Night in the last five five to ten years of my life and, I, and I, I'm not sure if I had or not but as soon as I saw her I have a thing for faces and I'm like that's Marcy from Married with Children and to picture her in Fright Night as this character um, especially being like the, the love interest we'll come to find out of Jerry Dandridge I was just shocked because I'd never imagined her to be kind of like this um I mean, for lack of a better word, I, I guess oh, I don't want to say never mind. I'll lose my horror card. Um, I was gonna say like I was trying to think of another like uh, like a teen heartthrob or like a sure. teen female lead that was yeah. like recent. I just can't think of anything. The only person that's coming to mind is um, is uh, Kirsten Stewart. Sure, okay. sure. No, she kind of plays the hot girlfriend in this. She does. She plays. She plays like the 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 pretty girlfriend. And I tell you what, though, here's the thing. Uh, 
human Amy is is pretty damn cute, man. She's pretty. I would have yeah. dated her in high school. Yeah. But yeah. Vamp, vampire Amy, I'm gonna wife that. <laughs> She's got it going on. Hey, no, especially at the end where she had like the like long red hair. Oh, I was like, where did that Amy come from? Her oh. hairstyles change 47 times in this movie. Yeah, I was, I was confused Jer- by that. I was like, did her hair just change? It's pretty simple. It's the Jerry Big Dick Dandridge effect. <laughs> that's what it is. That's, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but so we outside her we have Stephen Jeffries uh who uh, uh, uh from listening to y'all show found out that and I didn't know this that uh, uh, after this this he didn't really have uh too much of a career for this and went on to actually do porn yeah yeah hey we, we all take our paths I guess yeah so, yeah we all take our paths um yeah, he was – I forget. I remember I mentioned our episode, Brian. I, I remember finding a little nugget. Some magazine in, like, 85, 86 had him as a top ten up-and-coming young actors, and, like, River Phoenix was on that list, um, if I remember correct. Yeah, he's really good in this movie, by the way. Yeah, oh, yeah, he he's, really is. He really kills it. Slay, I mean, one, when I said the characters, he's one of them. He was probably, also in 976 nine, Evil as well, which I think Robert England directed, ironically. Hmm. Um, but yeah, he went on the UK porn. But hey, yeah. you know, hey, man. hey, you never know. Hey, you know, everybody hey. takes different paths. Hey, it's look. Hey, look, man. I've I lived in LA for 15 years. I I actually had a friend who was in the gay porn industry, straight as an arrow. But um, hey, it's like he said, hey, man, the gay pays. You know, that's <laughs> <laughs> what that's so my buddy Don used to tell me. The yeah, gay pays. But right, well, it, hey. yeah, Stephen plays Evil Ed, which is I mean, arguably one of the most memorable uh, characters from this movie. Oh, he's Easily. fantastic. Evil Dead's lots of fun in this. Oh yeah. And then we have Roddy McDowell, who of course plays Peter Vincent. And uh, originally before Roddy McDowell uh, got this role, uh, Tom Holland wanted Vincent Price to be mm-hmm. in this role. Right. Yep. Yep. That would have been something, but unfortunately, he uh, his health wasn't good enough for him to uh, to, to be able to t- to take the role. Yep. Instead, he just named the character after him and and Peter Cushing. That's yep. where Vincent yep. comes from. Gotta love it. I love that shit, man. Like oh, I said, yeah. a lot of, a lot of passion. It's a good homage. Yeah, a oh, lot yeah. of passion behind this movie from Tom Holland. Without it. Oh yeah. And then you got Jonathan Stark, who as I think if I'm if, I'm, <laughs> if I don't if I remember correctly played. Uh, badass Billy Cole. Badass Billy Cole, baby. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah, quite possibly my, my favorite character, man. <laughs> dying. So funny. Hey. Yeah, Charlie. What's down there? <laughs> What's down there? <laughs> okay. He's such hey, an ass- He's such an asshole troll throughout the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. It's hilarious. The scenes he's oh, yeah. in, man. The scenes that he's in. Uh, there's a few, especially the ones with Charlie, where 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 he where Billy's in the same scene as Charlie. My goodness, the trolling is like. Oh, here's yeah. the thing about about him. He's he's like the vampire's ghoul or goon or henchman, whatever you want to say. But at least he does his job with a sense of humor. And I yeah. and I I fucking appreciate that Billy Cole. That's why I couldn't figure out like what Billy was because I know he wasn't a vampire. And I was reading online apparently, uh, there's vampire mythos of the. That they create these uh these golems to watch over them at night uh, sure. during the day, and some people speculate that that's probably what Billy was. Yes, that would make sense. Yeah. that makes sense. 
And of course, uh, and then uh, w- w- another great thing about this movie, besides the amazing uh, special effects, which I feel th- th- they got lucky with getting like you know uh, some of the people who did Ghostbusters and 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 all those and all those other great movies. The uh, score by Brad Fidel, he, uh, mm-hmm. he he also scored that Terminator. Yeah, I like the score in this. It goes back to what Brian was talking about with. Um, it feeling like you know it's it's got that old school Dracula feel like this score, oh, yeah. and and you know like the the historic original vampire film, there was a lot of sensuality and sexual sex appeal to them. Um, yeah. I mean at the end of the day, vampires while they're monsters, they're they're very they're very sexual attractive beings and and and. Yeah. Are very people, you know, traditionally people are, were into it until they realized they were a fucking vampire. But uh, th- that's what the score. That's what I was getting at with the score before I freaking uh, ramble off too far. Um, the score feels like it has that old school vampire sensual sex appeal feel to it. Yeah, I'd, I'd say especially in the scene where uh, where Charlie first sees. A girl and uh, uh, yes, a girl topless, and then and then Jerry behind her. I love that, scene. <laughs> and that's first just because the one, yeah, for first boobs Which for Brad, Brian. first boobs. First boobs. <laughs> if, if I'm not mistaken, that was if based on research, that is a former play, Playboy playmate, Heidi Sorensen. Was it? Oh, wow, oh, wow, that's awesome! That's way uh, awesome. I can't confirm that for sure, but just doing some research as we've been on the phone, I had that came across. Uh, that came across my uh, my desk, so to speak. <laughs> she, was, she was the first um, <laughs> the first victim of Jerry. I'm gonna start calling him Jerry Big Dick Dangerous. And I actually, that's his name I, by all means. That's his real name. I'm Go upset that he turned it down because everything about him, like when I was looking at the role that Chris Sarandon plays as Jerry Dandridge, like he exudes like 80s vampire sex appeal. A big time. and I mean, it's one of those things, like, we look at the 80s films, and I'm looking at other guys, like, in, you know, not in the same way, but him, or Michael Douglas, or Tom Selleck, or Burt Reynolds, like, this is an 80s guy, and it's like, you should, he should be proud of that, he should own the fact that he has created that, like, I couldn't, I could see somebody else, like, in that same vicinity, like, Michael Douglas playing that role, but the fact that how he was able to play that and bring the charisma of a vampire and one of the things you said earlier, and it's true, is like with Bram Stoker's Dracula with Gary Oldman, and that's a great film. But this one is a this one is a lot more fun to get into because you become invested in the characters, and you get invested to him. You just like what other kind of sleazy, what kind of you know, you know, crazy thing is he gonna do? You know, in this film and the nostalgia. I didn't grow up in the 80s, I grew up in the 90s, but I love 80s, and this was like he's just a. To me, this is a very iconic vampire role that he that to me will last the test of time that he plays. Sure. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah. Um, and it's because it has a, the whole the movie as a whole. Um, and we've kind of we've already mentioned it kind of like a few times, but it's got that a classic romantic, you know, feel that like those old uh, universal horror films did. You know, like you take all those movies, those old ones like the Dracula and the original mummy and all and the all those original old school universal monsters movies. They all had that 
that that um that classic feel to him dude this movie stands with those easily it, it's it feels just like that it plays out very similarly to all those movies and the classics never go out of style so no and no, what you yeah. said, and that's exactly what Tom Holland was going for when he wrote yeah. this script. That was the inspiration. And there's even a line in the movie where I think Peter Vincent says it. Uh, you know, all they want is yeah. is homicidal maniacs in ski masks hacking up young virgins. And yep. Yep. like that's how that's why Tom Holland sat down and wrote this script was because he was sick of seeing just all the Friday the Thirteenth sequels and the slash all that slasher craze that was going on. And he wanted to, you know, kind of pay a homage to it, an OG kind of feel monster horror movie. And that's where this script was born. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what this is. Well, uh, let's get started. Uh, we open the sh- we open the movie up with a shot of Charlie's house and kind of zooms up to his bedroom. And we see a horror TV show on uh, about vampires. And that's called Fright Night. And it's hosted by, by Peter Vincent. And Charlie is uh, – he's busy on the ground making out with his girlfriend, Amy, while <laughs> Fright Night plays in the background. Why aren't they on the bed? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> My thought is this, and it's so silly. because, But this reminds me of how like maybe like young kids would think is if his mom walked in, she couldn't see them. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I like how ridiculous True. that is. Maybe <laughs> less noise like on the floor too. In and she's like, "Well, they're not yeah. on the bed. Where are they?" Gee, I wonder. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it just seems silly, but yeah. Exactly. And so, like, while they're making out, uh, Charlie ends up moving his hand up. You know, he's trying to he's trying to get something a little more, and yeah. Amy doesn't want to. And so Charlie gets up, he gets all, all mad, and he kind of throws a little pity party about how they've been, uh, th- th- they've been going out for a year, and she just tells him to stop it all the time. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, so, so he does that, and then and Amy uh, just, I guess she just changes her mind, and she gets on the bed, tells him to get on the, to get on the bed, <laughs> but, which is odd. <laughs> and while this is happening, uh. Charlie ends up uh, having his attention diverted because he looks outside and notices there's two people moving into next door and they're carrying in a coffin. Mm. <laughs> and mm. I mean, I mean, honestly, if I was Charlie, I would honestly, I, I mean, it's like on one hand, yeah, your girlfriend's on the bed and you know, she's ready to have sex with you, but why the hell are these people carrying a coffin? <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah, I'd have jumped in bed with Amy for sure. <laughs> Same. I don't give a fuck about coffin. Don't give a damn. I don't care. Yeah. I'll check my, out the coffin later. Now, my my uh, squirrel mentality that would have distracted me, and I would have went, wow, a coffin? A coffin? What? And then I would have been like, oh, hi. Hi, Amy. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. Yeah, hi. Oh, coffin? What coffin? The coffin would have been completely erased from my memory. Yes. <laughs> so so uh while charlie's you know focused on the coffin amy gets pissed because you know she feels rejected and and, and it doesn't seem like she he wants to pay attention to her and so she storms out and, and goes downstairs <laughs> the <laughs> and, whole scene the whole scene plays out like a baseball play charlie with a base hit down the right field line he's rounding he's heading for second he's rounding second oh he's throwing out at third trying to stretch it to three yeah that's yeah. 
<laughs> That's pretty much how that goes. This and this next part, like downstairs, is really weird because like <laughs> they walk downstairs, and Amy's yelling at Charlie about how how uh, oh first he wants to do stuff and now he doesn't. Uh, and, uh, she doesn't understand what's going on. And then uh, Charlie's mom is like literally right there. <laughs> I love this interaction. Fire time. Hey kids. <laughs> Our kids, yeah. And, and she's like going on to him about how like you know oh are they having a, lo- a lover's quarrel and how the divorce rates are are lower in in couples who who argue before marriage. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I love the I love the scene with mom. The inter- like Brian said the interactions hilarious. Yeah, it's it, it's great. Uh, Char- uh, Ch- Ch- Charlie's mom has some has some great stuff throughout this movie too. She does. I, I'm gonna say like seeing scenes like this with parents. I don't. I mean, I don't know if it's because I'm Mexican, but this would not have happened in our household. If <laughs> if I was, you know, I've all of us, um, uh, me specifically, you know, there was a time when I was in college, both me and now my wife, you know, we we lived through college at my parents' house, and um, if we got into a lovers' quarrel, and I'm using you know air quotes as I'm saying this. <laughs> My dad would have kicked open the door and be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You do not talk like that in my house. If you don't like the check up your shit, get the fuck out. <laughs> that would have been my dad. So um, and my mom would have said something not as, you know, not as, you know, so much curse words, but something to that effect as well. So, I yeah, th- when I see stuff like this, I'm like, yeah, this would not have happened in our household. <laughs> <laughs> That's wow. great. You know, that is funny. I I can totally see that definitely not hap- happening in your culture, or your home, in 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 certain white w- fucking '80s white America culture. Yeah, but here's the thing: maybe only half, because the other half were were probably thought Fright Night was the devil. So they yeah, didn't watch. They, didn't, they didn't watch it. <laughs> they didn't watch it. Oh yeah, they I- missed it. While that's going on, Charlie ends up looking more. Uh, he he looks more out the window and is you know still focused on this neighbors and the coffin thing. And so Amy gets pissed and she storms out the door. And you know, <laughs> of course, his mom's asking what's going on. While this is happening though, she's watching TV and there's on the news and the news is talking about how there was a recent murder. Bum bum bum. Of course. <laughs> and so then we we skip to, we go to the next day and we see uh we see him at school and charlie's walking out talking to his friend who we know as, as evil ed and he's bitching about how he bombed a pop quiz and ed says <laughs> ed's just mocking on belt that's the whole point of a pop quiz charlie to surprise you <laughs> yeah because i think charlie even says like he didn't tell us there was going to be a pop yeah. quiz yeah <laughs> and uh while this is going on uh Amy ends up walking past them, and Charlie calls after her, but Amy, of course, ignores them because she's still she's still mad at him. So then we cut back to Charlie, who is back home, and here we get to see Charlie's wonderful paint job on his. Uh, he, he drives a 1966 Ford Mustang with a beautiful paint job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of Bondo. Yeah, it's a shame because this is a sexy ass car. Yeah, yeah, but it just the paint job terrible, and it, it it's actually owned that car was uh was owned by Tom Holland. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> it was his car. He he did an interview talking about it, and then he said he, he did. Unfortunately, ten year a decade later, he did end up wrecking it and totaling it. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, 
I, I wonder, like, so I, I assume he just had that paint job on the car then. I don't know why. <laughs> well, he maybe he was able to afford to get it finished after this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, that's true. He did just do, wrote screenplays before he directed. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, if we see the, uh, the wonderful car, uh, a taxi pulls up and we see this uh, really attractive blonde woman. Uh, uh, walk out of the tech, uh, car and Charlie is immediately just stopped in his tracks, gawking at her. <laughs> and, and she asks, "That him, is actually Heidi Sorensen." Oh, is it? Okay, that's yeah. who that is. Okay. Gotcha. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't very specific which one, uh, which one of the, his victims that was, so I had to Google her and found an image of her. <laughs> Nuts. Yeah. Nah. Of course, of course, that's her. She's so, gorgeous. Yeah, oh yeah, she's she she's gorgeous. I would have been stopped in my tracks as well. Yep. Charlie's no she's no vampire, Amy though. Oh. No. no. <laughs> no. That's gonna be my wife. She don't even she don't know. She, that's my future ex-wife. She doesn't even know it. <laughs> so she, she asked Charlie if this is uh I think she says is this ninety nine oak and uh. He says, no, that's next door. And so she thanks him and walks off next door. And of course, Charlie's continuing staring at her as she's walking off. And uh, that's when he goes inside and he's talking to his mom about uh, about the people who moved in next door. And his mom says the uh, the funny line of, uh, uh, no, in my luck, he's probably gay. And uh, Charlie says, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Mama, Brian, you and I mentioned this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mama Mama's thirsty. Mama's thirsty. Mama, Mama a little thirsty. bit. <laughs> I tell you what, Mama got cute too. Not gonna lie. Mama good shit. Mama look alright. Come on now. And so after the so later that night, we see Charlie and he's in his room upstairs studying, and uh, he hears a, a woman scream. And he looks out the window and uh, the, the the light was on, then it turns off. And this is kind of the first indication that, you know, maybe there's something up with the neighbor. So the next day we're at school and this is like one of my favorite scenes because we also get the most uh, one of the most iconic lines here. Amy tries to reconcile with Charlie and as they are, uh, a news TV uh, broadcast pops on talking about how there's a second murder. And of course, Charlie's uh, attention is automatically pulled away from Amy and Charlie's looking over the, the murder, th- the murder uh, broadcast with Ed and Amy gets annoyed that Charlie isn't uh, paying attention to her. And so she grabs a, uh, I'm pretty sure it's a sloppy Joe. I think, I think it's what it is. Uh, yeah. It's like a burger from another student's plate. And she just mashes it into Charlie's face and evil Ed just busts out laughing and <laughs> says the line, Oh, you're so cool, Brewster. Classic. Fuck it is classic. It, it was fuck it's the name of the documentary that I yeah, pitched yeah. for two hours that I can't find anywhere, then my asshole ass didn't realize it was just on the fucking Blu-ray of Fright Night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's such a it's such an iconic line too, that it's like uh I think even people who who never seen Friday Night, I, I've heard repeat this line or put. Oh yeah, line. yeah. So and, de- I, and delivered very well. Obviously, oh, yeah. it's probably a big yeah. part of why it's so iconic is oh. Stephen Jeffries delivers it so well. It's so funny. 
Yeah, I can't. I yeah. can't stress enough how good Stephen Joffrey's is in this movie. Okay. He's really good. He's so good, man. He's so good. His dialogue is, is the way he he says this stuff. Perfect. Is hilarious. Perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> no, his timing. He, he's got a he's got a very natural feel to him. Anyway, his, yeah. His, his, you know, he's just a good actor. Like, it, I mean, he's just he he really does own own this character like a lot of people in this movie do between he and Chris Sarandon as Jerry Danrich and Peter Vincent uh, or uh, Roddy McDowell as Peter Vincent, the great vampire killer. Those yeah. three performances alone, man, like they're, they're all dynamite, like oh, extremely, yeah. extremely. All three of them are so fucking invested in this care and their characters. And it's just, it's just a ball to watch, dude. I never get tired of this movie and I never get tired of talking to this about but this is the third fucking full discussion I've done about this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. So after so so after this uh we cut back uh, Charlie's nail certain that after hearing about there being a second murder that there's something going on with the neighbor. So he goes next door and he's trying to get a closer look. And here's where we meet badass Billy Cole, who is inside the house, and he's blacking out the windows. And before he blacks out the last this window he's at, he notices that Charlie's trying to get into the cellar door. To which he walks outside, and you know he's like, "Hey, kid, what are you doing?" And, and you know he gets him, he gets him to pretty much fuck off. Scares the shit out of him. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, kid. <laughs> Billy Cole, man, he's so good. Badass Billy Cole. But uh, so later that night, while uh, Charlie is trying to spy on you know, the, on the neighbors from his room, he ends up falling asleep and here's where he wakes up and we get this, uh, this really great, uh, guitar riff starts playing and Charlie ends up seeing a woman taking off her top. And then we see Jerry come in behind her and we get the iconic scene of this is where, uh, Charlie finally sees Jerry with things and knows that when, now there's something definitely wrong here. But uh, right before he's about to bite the woman on her neck, uh, he looks on and he sees Charlie looking at him. And so then he does this awesome thing where he like walks up and he goes to the window and he closes the blind, but he does it really slowly. And we zoom in and we can we can see he has like really long nails. And so it's obviously that, you know, he's, this guy's not human. Yeah, he's got some long ass fingers, period. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I love this. I love that the way they shot it, too, just real slowly bl- slowing down the blinds. And there's a interesting tidbit. Uh, uh, Chris Sarandon had uh, supposedly had said in interviews that it made it very difficult for him to go to the bathroom with his when he had these extra long fingernails on. <laughs> Imagine. I bet, I bet. So after this happens, Charlie freaks out and he runs to his mom's room and he's kind of telling her w- what he saw. And of course, you know, she shrugs it off and then he runs outside and he, he goes and hides in a bush. And uh, he's you know he's trying to get proof. And uh, while he's in the bush, we see Billy uh, walks outside, and he's clearly toting a body. And he puts it out in, in his jeep. And then we get this awesome uh, overhead shot coming from the roof, uh, zooming down to Billy. And then we see uh, Jerry uh, uh, emerge, and he's telling Billy that he forgot something and tosses a purse to Billy. And uh, Charlie's seeing all this, and then all of a sudden, Charlie's mom walks outside, and she's yelling for Charlie. Charlie! <laughs> and uh, Charlie's trying to remain silent in the bush, but Jerry obviously knows he's there. 
and he, he does he eats he eats his half he takes his, he bites a apple in half and then he just kind of tosses it toward the bush where Charlie is and then Charlie ends up running out of the bush and back inside <laughs> he just blew his blows his cover at the guy throwing the the, the apple he ate so much of that fucking apple in one <laughs> bite like it was ridiculous. <laughs> That's one thing I love about his performance in this is that he uh, he, he 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 wanted to add stuff to it where he said that Jerry he he thought Jerry had fruit bat DNA in him so that's why he's always eating fruit yeah the whole movie so now uh obviously it's obviously you know Charlie uh, he doesn't have anybody who believes him his his mom doesn't believe him Amy Amy doesn't believe him so here's where he gets the police involved. <laughs> <laughs> and Charlie ends up sending a homicide detective over to Jerry's house to confront him. But yeah. he obviously didn't mention that Jerry, the vampire whole part. <laughs> I, I love this. Uh, this whole scene's fucking hilarious. It's I super love, funny. Oh, yeah. It, it's super funny. And plus, I get one of my favorite unknown character actors, and no one knows who the fuck he is, but I do. Art Evans plays the, yeah. plays the lieutenant in this. and he, <laughs> I love that dude. Don't ask me why, but I just love, yeah. just love that dude. Um, but yeah, <laughs> Billy Cole, Billy Cole, played by Jonathan Stark, is in full on full display in this fucking scene. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, he uh he he answers the door and he tells them that you know Jerry's away on business and stuff, and uh the, the detective asked Billy about you know the victim that was in the house that Charlie said was in the house and Billy lies and says that no one else was in the house and Charlie ends up you know getting all angry and blurting out that he that that's a lie, and uh, also we see like Charlie digging through some stuff and he finds like an old painting of a woman and it looks you know almost exactly like Amy. And here's where we see uh, Charlie ends up demanding to see the basement because he's convinced that Jerry is in there asleep in his coffin, which immediately starts getting laughed at and mocked by Billy and the detective who, you know, gets pissed and drags him outside and <laughs> tells him that if, uh, if he ever comes down to the station again with that, he'll lock him up. They'll put him in jail forever. It's so good, man. It's so good. And, <laughs> The whole scene, the whole scene is just, I mean, it's like you said earlier, uh, Kyle, Billy Cole is a troll, Billy troll, <laughs> badass Billy troll. Yeah, he's, and it, and it's just, I don't know, man. Jonathan Stark's in another fucking cheesy, well, this one isn't cheesy, but he's in another horror film that I actually kind of dig because it's just cheesy and stupid. And that's House 2, the second story. Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's honestly almost just as funny in that. He's really yeah. funny in that as well. Yeah, yeah. the house series is one that I, that I need to visit. Uh, I I always hear everybody talk about them, especially you two, and I I've never watched them, so I need to sit in and watch that. Yeah, it's funny. I I, I enjoy House too. It's not good, but I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I've always heard good things about House and House Two, and I've never, never watched them yet. Gotta give them a go, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> gotta, oh, gotta sure. give them. Oh, they were on, they were both on Prime for a while. Yeah. Uh, the first you don't have to watch anything after that. It gets oh, fucking. Oh, oh, okay. I was so, just gonna say, Brian, that it gets hella house weird two. after House Two, and that somehow didn't make sense in my head. <laughs> Sounds too was fucking weird. Let's. It really starts out weird. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> so. Oh shit. So Charlie, you know, he, he no one believes Charlie, and not not his mom, Amy, or obviously the the police. So Charlie goes to the one person he hadn't asked yet, and he talks to Evil Ed on tips about how to, you know, how he can protect himself against a vampire. And he has to pay him, you know, a massive amount of, of $8. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like I love how Ed's like so excited about $8, <laughs> but I mean, it is 1985. So it's probably close to 16 bucks back. Then. <laughs> so, so Ed tells them, you know, the, the usual vampire tropes. And, and this was, was great about this movie that this, this movie, you know, pretty much uh follows all the all the vampire mythos to a t uh cross garlic holy water and you know he has to be invited into his house those are the rules those, i love those. how this movie this movie uses classic vampire uh tropes and and rules and i again i think that's another reason i dig this too yeah yeah Oh, for sure. That's one thing I like about it too. I always love vampire movies that obviously that follow the the classic tropes. So then we cut and we see Charlie. He's nailing down windows. I mean, he's going full on crazy about this. He's nailing down his windows in his room, and his mom calls him from downstairs and she tells him that she has somebody she wants him to meet. And he gets downstairs, and lo and behold, it's fucking Jerry, who was invited into his house by his mom. And f- f- poor Charlie. I mean, he's probably thinking like right now, you know, you know, Ed tells him that, you know, the, the best thing he's got against him is that he has been invited into his house. And, you know, his thirsty mom obviously just invited him into her house. And so now Charlie's probably just thinking, you know, I, I'm fucked <laughs> because you're in this scene. Uh, what's great is that uh, one of the, what's really great with this performance is uh, Jerry is just like, he's pretty much mocking Charlie the entire time he oh, yeah, yeah he, sh- he shake they shake hands but then Jerry's you know making mocking about him about how oh now that he's been invited in uh, uh he'll come in wherever he wants then then he then he slowly adds with your mom's permission of course and then she's like oh you can come over anytime and then before uh, he Charlie goes back to his room to lie and say yes finish his homework uh Jerry says uh, I'll see you soon <laughs> I love yeah. the rolling that he does through this like he's just mocking him like he knows oh, yeah. because he's been invited and uh well I, this is i like that it has to be the, the rightful owner of the house has to invite the vampire in because uh i don't know if y'all in the remake charlie just invites him in yeah yeah he fine. does yeah it's gotta be by the rightful owner first yes the rightful owner first positive <laughs> and then we get then we cut tonight and uh another great scene uh charlie's waking up he's woken up by some noises on the roof and you know he's obviously getting scared thinking it's, it's jerry and he hears some scratching sounds he goes to the window uh, to investigate and he's relieved to see that it's just branches on the window and unfortunately upstairs we see jerry who is looming over charlie's mom who is sleeping and so he ends up, but he's not there for Jerry's, uh, for Charlie's mom. He's just there for Charlie. So he leaves it alone. He walks out of the room and he, he, he like, he shuts a room like 
and he he shuts it and he uh, keeps pulling the door and pretty much just jams it to where she can't she can't get out then yeah he shuts the fuck out of that yes, door he does. <laughs> like i don't know how she didn't fucking wake up but that was loud mom sleeps super heavy she really does because all sorts of shit goes down oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, and this is like uh, one, of the, one of the things I like about this. Uh, as he's leaving the room, uh, Jerry is is wh- is whistling "Strangers in the Night" by Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. So uh, while this is going down, uh, Jerry ends up sneaking into Charlie's closet, and uh, Charlie's at the window uh, looking around. And while he's uh, not paying attention, Charlie uh, Jerry ends up sneaking up behind Charlie, and he grabs him by the throat. And, and this is funny. He tells him to keep it down because he doesn't want to wake up his mother. But then he throws him across the fucking room and crashes <laughs> him through the closet. Yeah. And the loudest thing ever. I don't know how his mom didn't wake up after that. She's tired. Yeah, I mean, I, she has to be. Being thirsty all day made her tired. Yeah. And she's trying to go back to nights, man. Her shit's all yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. Thirsting over Jerry Big Dick Danger is wore her out, man. I'm <laughs> And uh, so and then you know, the, the, they end up fighting and Jerry ends up telling Charlie that he should kill him for the trouble he's caused him. But he ends up offering him a choice to just forget about him and they'll both just move on and forget about each other. I, I, I don't know if I honestly believe Jerry would have honestly left Charlie alone or if he was just that. It's a good question. Yeah, because unfortunately for Charlie, he decided to fuck that up by pulling out a crucifix and it this just pisses off Jerry who mocks him and tells him that he has to have faith in order for that to work. So then Jerry ends up pushing Charlie uh, into the window and he he has him, has him hanging out the window and it causes a picture of, of Amy that's in Charlie's room to fall out the window. And this is like, I love this symbolism because it falls out the window into the wooden fence post. Like it's like impaled by it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Charlie in like a last bit of effort, last ditch effort to try and escape. He ends up uh, grabbing a pencil and he stabs it through Jerry's hand, causing Jerry just a lot of pain and Jerry backs off and we see Jerry in his true vampire form. And I, I love this the way this looks good makeup, you know, really good makeup. Wonderful makeup, man. And that's like one of the great things about this movie, like the makeup and, and effects are just top notch. Yeah. And they've stood the test of time too, because they've oh, aged yeah. really well for the most part. I mean, Oh yeah. I, I would still argue looks good. I mean, some of this looks better than movies I've seen in, you know, last year. Yeah. Uh, it, it actually took uh, the makeup. It actually took them nine hours to get all the makeup on, on uh, Jerry. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, man, you can't just like stay in there for nine hours while they do that. That's why they make the big bucks. Yep. That's the one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So while this is happening, so after he stabs uh, Jerry with the pencil, I don't understand like why he, why the pencil caused him so much pain. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, it does fucking hurt. He, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it hurt, but it, yeah, hurt. it's it's interesting that that it, that that did hurt him that much. I found that yeah. kind of interesting. But yeah. the, the only thing I could think of, because this whole scene actually, this is like the, my only issue with the movie is this scene for two reasons. One, this pencil, but I, I think it could be a symbolism with wood, because you always hear about like wooden stakes through the heart. 
So, but you that's never true. hear about like anything else. Okay. And so I wonder if that's the key is the, the wood and the pencil. But the other thing too is, and we get to is eventually uh, his mom comes and that causes Jerry, uh, Jerry to leave. Say, oh, I had a nightmare, and I'm like, dude, you just completely fucked up your room, and your and you just like, oh, I had a nightmare, and your mom brushes it off. Like, I remember as kids, like, fuck, if we like, I remember one time we broke the closet door, and we thought like we're gonna get our asses whipped by our parents. I was, that was just like taking off the hinges. They, he completely like, he went Michael Myers on that door when he went through it, and it completely knocked out the closet and broke a bunch of shit. I was just was like, I don't know how like they completely like just skimmed over that part. Yeah, uh, yeah, I actually have that in my notes. I put uh, whenever Charlie's mom, uh, he tells Charlie uh, whenever she Charlie says that she has a nightmare and he ushers her back to sleep. I'm like, explain the destroyed closet, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then after all, after he ends up leaving, uh, Cherry, you know, being the fucking troll vampire he is, uh, he calls Charlie on the phone. <laughs> To, to warn him that he started th- that Charlie started this, but Jerry's gonna finish it, and that their next counter will happen tomorrow. And then he ends up telling him that he destroyed his car, and <laughs> Charlie just tells his mom that that was just raccoons. Yeah, that's kind of funny because you can actually hear the fucking car getting <laughs> the, the shit kicked garden. out of it in the background. Yeah, this <laughs> <laughs> <was> is <just> raccoons. <laughs> Some big ass raccoons. Yeah. So the next day, Charlie's kind of come up with a plan because he he saw Peter Vincent on Friday night that night, and he decides that he's going to track him down and enlist his help to try and fight Jerry. But it obviously doesn't go well because, little being on to Charlie, Peter Vincent's just an actor, <laughs> and uh, wonderful, wonderful timing because Peter just been fired too for low ratings. It's funny. That's another element I like about this movie too. It's kind of meta. Yeah. It's actually it's not kind of meta. It's it's actually very a lot of meta shit going on in this. Yeah. Um. And it's it it this movie has a lot of cool layers. It really yeah. does. There's so much to this movie that's done really well. I think at the end of the day, not only is this just like a good horror movie from the 80s, this is a good movie. This period. You know what oh, I mean? One hundred percent. And it, it, you, you was talking about this scene earlier, uh, earlier Andy, where <laughs> where they have the the Peter Vincent has the encounter with Charlie, and uh, he has that one awesome line where uh, it's, uh, Peter Vincent thinks that Charlie's just a, a fan wanting an autograph, and then uh, Charlie's just like, no, uh, uh, hey, I believe in vampires, uh, and Peter says, no, so do I, and then that's where. Charlie tells him about how his uh, neighbor is a vampire, and Peter Vincent obviously is like, well, what the, f-? you know. This yeah, the look on his face. Yeah. So good. <laughs> it shifts yeah. so well. He's like super fucking concerned. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the Char- uh, Charlie tells him again, you know, uh, you, you said you believed in vampires, and then he does that awesome thing where when he's shutting the the trunk he goes i lie he yes i lie yes god the late great roddy mcdowell so yeah. good. so good he was so good in this man and man poor charlie he he, he just he, he he's really adamant about getting about getting peter vincent he's trying to get him to believe and he's just not having it he ends up getting his car and leaving 
And then here is where <laughs> I love this this scene. Uh, we see uh, Amy and and Evil Ed, and, and this one thing about Evil Ed is like, I guess like uh, you know you know the, he's friends with Charlie, but honestly throughout the movie they don't really seem to be that good of friends. <laughs> No, they, they, you're kind, I kind of noticed that too. Yeah, they're kind of friends by, uh, maybe they're friends by like social standing, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, because Ed just seems like him and Charlie just don't really get along at all, and he's always kind of mocking them. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Ed and Amy are at Charlie are at Charlie's house, and they're obviously worried about how Charlie's you know, believes in vampires and believes in neighbors vampire. And they walk into his room and man, Charlie just looks fucking psychotic. He is fully gone, fully obsessed here. His room is filled with all kinds of candles. There's crucifixes all over the walls, garlic. And then, and if that's not crazy enough, he's just sitting in his room in the middle of his bed, making steaks. And he tells them that, you know, he's going to kill Jerry when Billy leaves so he doesn't have the chance to tonight. Woo! <laughs> I love it. Oh, yeah. You got to put yourself in his uh, his uh, position, you know. Everybody's told so far. Nobody believes him. You know, he's literally told the police, which is who you're supposed to go to when you're in trouble. And uh, they that guy, just, that guy didn't believe him at all, of course. So he's pretty desperate. Yeah, uh, yeah, I feel, I feel him. <laughs> uh, so, you know, obviously Amy and Ed are, you know, concerned about Charlie's mental state, and so they lie and they tell him that, you know, he he can't go in there alone, and so they're talking into trying to get the help of Peter Vincent, uh, that that they will. So here's one of the 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 tropes. I don't like in, in movies and I see it so often. Peter just got fired and he gets home and there's an eviction notice on his door. It's like, was he just not paying rent the entire time? <laughs> like, yeah, I was, it's kind of strange. <laughs> I think honestly, I think he's just on a failing show and yeah, he's probably <laughs> fell behind his rent, man. Yeah. yeah. That, that acting life, the checks don't, the gigs don't come in. The checks don't come in, man. Yeah, Especially considering like he's, he was clearly not playing in like the, like yeah. greatest horror movies. Yeah, you know, he, he was, play. he was like a regular not, uh, original um, witchcraft 12. Like, <laughs> Definitely like the, the the level of that that's like I get the impression that's probably the level of movies that he was well probably a step above that maybe but um yeah, yeah. so that couldn't have possibly been paying very well it's like you know straight to TV sci-fi original <laughs> yeah stuff here <laughs> but, but I mean the, I love the, the, the there's a really funny shot of him when he was like younger in a movie that yeah. I absolutely love of him standing up and charging towards the vampire with the stake and the hammer and the stake is facing the wrong way. And I fucking love that. <laughs> it is. It's, it's facing so the wrong good. I, And because he was in like a B cheesy bad horror movie. Yeah. And they just didn't perfect. catch that. <laughs> like, like the editor was just like, Oh, Hey, you know, nah, it'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I would, I would guarantee, I, I didn't, I don't know if I ever researched or read that, but I would guarantee that Tom Holland put that in there on purpose. For that, probably, probably, a hundred percent to make that just 
you know, the bad, yeah. the, the bad cheesy B horror TV show. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, he probably did. No, but, but Either like, that or he was really trying to punish this vampire by plunging the dull side <laughs> in. <laughs> that vampire made him so mad. He's like, you know what? I ain't even using the sharp end, bitch. Yeah. You know? It's like, fuck this vampire. <laughs> but, uh, like, I, I see this this in all kinds of movies and TV shows. Someone loses their job and then, like, literally they have an eviction notice at their house. It's like, what yeah. the hell? <laughs> Amy and Ed show up at Peter's house and uh, they're, they're explaining to him that they want his help. And, of course, you know, he, he doesn't want to do it. Until Amy offers him five hundred her five hundred dollars savings bond. I mean, he's about to get evicted, so he'll, he'll take all, he'll take that, of course. And so they end up uh, they end up calling Jerry because they come up with a plan that uh, what they're going to do is they're just going to bring Charlie over to Jerry's house and they're going to administer like a test to see if he's a vampire. And so they come up with getting him to drink holy water. So so they call Jerry on the phone to arrange the meeting and Jerry kind of lays down some ground rules. He, he tells them that uh, no crosses because he's a born again Christian and that could be seen as sacrilegious. <laughs> <laughs> he's a born again Christian. <laughs> I love that shit. I died. Like really? <laughs> That's what he come up with. And then, uh, th- they ask him about Holy, wa- about uh, Holy water. And he says no to that. But then they, tell him it's just you know, uh, regular tap water so uh, then he agrees and uh, he hangs up the phone and Jerry laughs with Billy because he tells them they don't have to go out tonight because they're just going to bring them straight to him uh, to, to tomorrow night and it's weird it's like why aren't these people picking up on the fact that he's literally just like making up stuff to get out of doing stuff like, like the crosses and then the holy water <laughs> So after this, we uh, we see them and they're they're all meeting up outside Jerry's house, and we have we have Charlie, Ed, uh, Amy, and Peter Vincent. They're all at uh, Jerry's house, and Peter, uh, not Peter, uh, Charlie gets upset before they walk inside because Peter leaves his hunting kit in in his car. Yeah, yeah, and and Peter. Yes. And Peter gives them the stupidest thing. This this makes this this this, this always like makes me laugh because Peter explains to him that he needs to prove that he's a vampire first, and so then when they prove that he's a vampire, he'll come back and get his kid. So is this so is he gonna fucking go in there and and then you're gonna see that Jerry's a vampire and he's like, oh hold on a minute, let me go get my kid. <laughs> no, because I am here to protect you. That's the great. Peter Vincent yeah. says, yeah. "No, Charlie, I am here to protect you." Yes, <laughs> yes. No, yes. They think, he think, he still thinks Charlie's bad shit crazy. Like yeah, most people would. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm I, I mean, a lot of people would honestly not believe Charlie. Kyle, if you told me a next door na- your next door neighbor was a vampire, I'd fucking hang up on this right now. Say, all right, man, take it easy. Later, bro. No, I don't believe your ass. Hell no. No, hell no. No way would I believe you. I'd bail you, bail out on you in your own podcast. <laughs> no, actually, no. I'd, I'd hang out to ask questions for about three minutes, then I'd bail. But yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, God. So you know, Char- Charlie's not too happy about this. And so they end up going to the house, and 
uh, I love the way that uh, this happens. You see Jerry just come walking down the stairs, and he's always showing. He's always in these like these really fancy sweaters. <laughs> and, yes. and, and of course, he's eating an apple. Yep. He introduces himself to Peter, and he says that he's he's a big fan, and he's seen all of his movies and stuff. But then his attention diverts to Amy, uh, and he ends up grabbing her uh, hand and kissing her on the hand. And he he mocks uh, Charlie because he kisses her hand. And he says, uh, and he pulls back and goes, "Isn't that what vampires are supposed to do?" Mm-hmm. I love it. Oh yeah, and and, and and even this scene, like uh, even after this this scene, uh, Amy is obviously entranced by him. Like she, she even says he, he, he's really neat. <laughs> he's neat. <laughs> he's neat. No, it's hilarious. <laughs> and then Billy, the trolley, trolley Cole, badass trolley Cole. He's got, <laughs> dude. What the fuck, dude? He like literally like. Charlie's trying to walk and he just kind of like just slides yeah, steps like in slides his way. <laughs> it's a slide <laughs> step. An asshole. It's so, so good. good. Yeah, dude, he's such an asshole. <laughs> he's great though. But uh so Peter ends up giving Jerry the holy water to drink and he tells him that uh it was blessed, he saw it himself. <clears throat> Bullshit. <laughs> and uh Jerry drinks it, you know, no problem. And so thus they're, they're proving that Jerry's not a vampire to Charlie to which Charlie isn't too happy. And he tells him that obviously it wasn't blessed. Are you and, calling me a liar? Yeah, are you calling me a liar? <laughs> and so Charlie getting pissed about this, he, he pulls out a cross and Jerry backs away. You know, why did they pick up on this? <laughs> that He's backing away. Yeah, from no, I guess they just didn't see him. Yeah, is he backing away because he's sacrilegious and he's a born again Christian? <laughs> Very well possible. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Peter, uh, uh, he tells he's he's angry with Charlie for pulling out the uh, the cross. He pull he he takes it from him, and he says that they're leaving. And as they're leaving, uh, Peter pulls out a, a prop mirror that he brought from the from one of his movies and. He looks and he looks. He looks at it. And he notices that Jerry doesn't have doesn't cast a reflection, and which obviously causes him to drop his mirror. And he hurriedly kind of picks it up, but he misses a piece. And uh, he tells he tells everybody, "All right, it's time to leave." And so the, the, they all leave. Uh, they leave the house. But uh, as Peter is getting in his car and getting ready to leave, uh, Charlie obviously knows that something's up and he finally gets it out of him. And Peter tells him that no, Jerry didn't cast a reflection and that, uh, that, that, that I need to get out of there. And so Charlie ends up leaving, uh, Peter leaves. And, uh, after uh, Peter leaves, uh, Jerry, we see Jerry walking back in the, uh, Jerry back in the house and he ends up stepping on a piece of a mirror and that's when he realizes that obviously Peter is going to be an issue, but you know, first he needs to take care of Charlie's friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, love how, I love how Peter got the fuck out of there. Like, as soon Dude, as he got the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> he did. It was at that moment that Charlie realized he went to the wrong person for help. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what do you mean some some guy some actor who plays a vampire killer on tv wasn't a big help in killing an actual vampire 
<laughs> it makes you wonder uh, uh, how fucking old is Charlie supposed to be because he's literally acting like an eight year old. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is he's super. It's super funny because he's like, for a senior in high school, he's incredibly naive. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so. But I'm okay with it. Yeah. So they're gonna go after Peter leaves the. Ed and Charlie are going to walk Amy back to to her house. Oh yeah, and, they are. <laughs> and I mean, Amy Amy lives like halfway across town. Apparently, time. yeah, because they got to walk through the fucking city. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, poor Charlie doesn't have a car now, thanks to Jerry. <laughs> no, it's, it thanks to those raccoons, Kyle. Yeah, thanks raccoons. That's right, raccoon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wonder if he ever explained that to his mom. What the fuck happened to his car? That's funny. Yeah, I didn't. I, I never thought of that. Holy shit! Yeah. So his mom would have asked. Yeah. And it's a, so it, here's a, here's one of my another great scene. Uh, they're walking Amy back to her house, and they're cutting through an alley. And of course, you know, uh, evil Ed. He doesn't believe Jerry. He don't believe Jerry's a vampire. And he continues mocking Charlie. And he ends. He even ends up. Uh, telling him that uh, just to prove a point, he's going to walk down an alley by himself. And he ends up uh, also doing like a fake scream and, you know, just mocking him and laughing to eventually walk on down the alley uh, by himself. And he ends up in a dead end at some point and Jerry emerges. <laughs> Looking smooth. Oh, yes. Yeah, I didn't mention this. I love Jerry's design with that like gray coat and the red scarf. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's that's so what, strange how how well it works on screen. It's so bizarre, but yeah. it does. That's that's what I was about to say. It's like uh, well, like this is that you see Jerry in this coat, and it's like he's a vampire, but they kind of made it more modern to where yeah. instead of the cape, he wears the coat. Yeah, yes. it's like a cape, but not correct. <laughs> yeah, and it just it, it just looks good on him too. And and yeah. uh, in, in this scene, we also see uh uh we see Jerry pull off another vampire trope that doesn't get that. I don't see in many movies where whenever Ed's at the dead, at the dead end, uh, there's a mist behind, uh, behind Ed and Jerry comes from it. So he obviously went to a mist form. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. They don't use that uh, a lot in, in modern, uh, vampire movies. No, it doesn't feel like they do anyway. No. no. They, yeah. No, here's the thing. You, every vampire in every movie, they should wear a sweater that's really cut low in the neck, and, and they would just walk around the club like they had the biggest dick up in that bitch. Because <laughs> that's, that's exactly what Jerry Big Dick Dandridge what does. does. This is what he does. So Jerry ends up uh, – he he's behind Ed, and he starts uh, kind of mocking uh, Ed and playing on his insecurities and tells him that, you know – no one will ever laugh at you or or hurt you. And he tells that he knows what it's like to be different and for him to take his hand. And so he, and he takes his hand. And what I love about this scene, this is like any iconic vampire. This is like any of the classic vampire movies where you see Dracula like pulling a girl, but he put, puts his cape yep. over his victim. Jerry does this with his coat with Ed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so obviously he's he's turned he has turned Ed. And while this happened, while this is going on, uh, Charlie and Amy are running down the 
running down the street and they come across a club and they end up going finding a a little open window uh, and uh, jumping through through there to phone the police and it's weird that they're just like cut through like the kitchen window and uh I don't think that they're phoning the police I think they're trying to call Peter I think yeah he tries to call Peter yeah 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 they run to the nightclub to try and call Peter and as Andy mentioned earlier hey Dick Jerry shows up and it's just, you know, running this place. <laughs> yeah, he is. I mean, he's, he's such what? a good dancer that uh, <laughs> Amy's hair gains 40% more volume in the middle, <laughs> in the middle of the spin. Dude, the big dick dandridge effect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's pretty fucking fantastic. Yeah. He's such a good dancer and everything that he done uh, what y'all have coined the big dick uh, Jerry effect. <laughs> <laughs> it It's so funny, too, because it's I mean, he literally honestly, it's this scene where I kind of that why that nickname just popped in my head one day. Yeah. It's, it's because of this scene, because he's literally just strutting slowly across that club yeah just, just staring at amy it's just like man yeah baby you know what i got yeah and, it, and it, it's just like it's so funny to me and that's how it was born um but i will say his sweater i made a comment about his sweater earlier i couldn't rock that sweater no. i i, I but i will good. i will Not say I will say Roger Cobb's sweater from the movie House uh, that came out the same year as this makes this look like a turtleneck, though. It does. Uh, <laughs> I will say that. Jerry always should, like, in this is like the third or fourth sweater he's he's changed into. Dude, <laughs> he looks good. I couldn't rock that. Yeah, Chris Sarandon's yeah. a beautiful man. He's got a beautiful voice, too. You got, you, well, you guys know, you, he's Jack's, he's, you know, he's the voice of Jack, yeah. man. You yeah. boys know. You guys just talked about that recently, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. Yep. But yeah, he uh, he yeah, he looks good in these, in these sweaters. Too. I, I give props to him. It does and it's a nice sweater? He's got it's it's, it's what would you call this? Because it's pretty low in the neck. Like you can see his collarbones very very visibly. Yeah. I think it's called a plunging neckline. <laughs> <laughs> Could be that too. Could I think be that. I think it's cut a little lower than most. I think it is. I could be wrong though. It could be that. And to add to the the big Dick Jerry uh, energy that Jerry is pulling off in this uh, nightclub, uh, while he's you know obviously dancing with Amy, uh, Charlie sees them and he goes up to him, and Jerry just looks at him and turns around and just kisses Amy right in front of him. <laughs> no fucks given. <laughs> uh, I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, yeah, seriously. Like, like what are you gonna do? Like <laughs> Like that scene from Wayne's World too. Like, hey, my girlfriend's in there. A lot of people's girlfriends are in here, motherfucker. And <laughs> he, he's, yeah, Jerry's taking over, man. He's here and he wants Amy bad. Oh yeah, dude, so that's wild. what happens. You start slinging, walk, gl- strutting that big dick around the dance floor, man. <laughs> it was done. Amy had. I don't. I feel bad, dude. Who could resist that? Yeah, can't blame her. While all this is going on, though, uh, Ed shows up at Peter's and he kind of he tricks him by by saying, hey, hey, help, there's a vampire out here. And uh, 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 he brings him into the his apartment and Peter asks uh, Ed, what are they going to do? And Ed mocks him and says, what are you going to do? And reveals that he's now a vampire. And 
this ends up in a fight where Peter ends up placing a cross on Ed's forehead. And since, uh, since Ed's a freshly turned uh, vampire and isn't as powerful as, as Jerry and others, uh, the cross works even without Peter having the faith. And so he burns a cross shape into uh, yeah. Ed's head and then it causes him to flee into the night. And I'll, so slowly. Yeah. <laughs> One of the weird things is this, this image of the cross burner's head, when they did a re-release in 1996 for Fright Night, they used this image instead of yeah. the original movie poster. Yeah. Which is weird because you, I mean, that hor- that poster is so iconic. And with this image being, you know, on the VHS tape with just the words Friday Night, it looks like a D-rated horror film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was and a mistake. It, yeah. That was a mistake. huge mistake of them. Bad big mistake. Yeah. Very bad. Even though this is a memorable scene and he's a memorable character. Nah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. No, no, no. I will yeah. say though, uh, this movie one of uh, so many layers of greatness in this movie, and I'm just gonna say, great. A lot of things are great in this movie. It's directed well, written well, performed well, all that. Dude, I, you mentioned it earlier, Kyle. Um, same effects team that worked on Ghostbusters did this film. Yeah. And dude, the the, the makeup effects in this, and the creature effects, and the special effects. Uh, that's so. It's really. It's. It's honestly actually really good. Eighties horror FX. It really actually is. It really. It really is. That still holds up to this day, and honestly, it does. In my opinion outdoes some of the movies we see today. <laughs> it does. Honestly, I'm a big practical, fan of practical, practical over special over over CGI all day. Yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Sure. Yeah. Yep. And it. And this is. This is a. This is a very good. Very. Uh, very good example of why this movie. Yeah. Like you wouldn't expect like really awesome makeup effect and gore effects necessarily in a vampire movie from 1985, but this movie's got it. And yep. you know what? Cause every movie, cause when horror movies were coming out this time, the smart ones, they made sure they didn't ignore this department. The smart ones. Yeah. You know, like if you're going to make a slasher movie, let's make the fucking awesome, you know, let's make the kills fucking awesome. Like we just talked about New Year's Evil from 1980. Like the kills yeah. are like just all on screen and it's just stupid. It makes no, it's dumb. Uh, but yeah, well, a lot of 80s movies, if they were good, usually they had pretty good FX in it. Good, very good practical effects. And this Fright yeah. Night from 1985 is no exception. Yeah, that's uh, like one of the only things I don't like about the, the, the Lost Boys is that most of the kills are off screen. A little bit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Oh, you get you you definitely get better uh, practical effects in this for sure. We'll just oh, put yeah. this way: you just get more of it in this. You oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? You just get more of it. I guess this would be the best way to describe. It. You get a lot more of it actually. Yeah. So uh, while they're while Jerry and Amy are you know at the club dancing, at one point uh, Amy even notices uh, while she's dancing with them that Jerry doesn't have a reflection, which causes her to snap out for a minute, but then she can't really seem to break the spell Jerry has over her. <laughs> Who could? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, goddamn. Big Dick Dandridge, bro. The big Dick, the big dick Dandridge effect. And it's in full effect on, poor, on, on, on Amy. But hey, here's the oh, thing. Yeah. She's getting even, she's, she's growing up, man. She's getting nope. sexier. By, yeah. by the minute, it seems. Yeah. Uh, it's all kind of like sweaty. My God. I can't. <laughs> Vampire Amy, though. 
<laughs> We're almost there. We're almost at vampire, Amy. But uh, <clears throat> but after uh, Jerry ends up kissing Amy in front of uh, Charlie, Charlie throws a punch at Jerry, to which Jerry grabs and brings him down to his knees and tells him uh, it's – one second. I just had it. Yeah, I think he, oh, says, well, he tells him not to lose his temper as it's not plot. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. He's nothing if not a gentleman, guys. Absolutely. He is. He is. He's big Dick Jerry the gentleman. But uh, Jerry Jerry knows he can't kill Charlie there, so he instructs him to bring Peter to his house if he ever wants to see Amy again. And it's at this point we see some uh, bouncers step in, and I think I heard it on y'all's show. One of the bouncers is from Friday the 13th, part three. Yep. Nick Savage. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, um, Ali survived Jason twice in Friday the 13th, part three. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> or three times because he actually <laughs> think and he grew his and... arm back. Too. Yeah. Exactly. He's looking good. <laughs> that other bouncer was Ernie Holmes of yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers fame. Yeah. Oh, okay. Some big motherfuckers, man. Oh yeah, Ernie Holmes, a big part bro. Of the steel curtain, one two super roll. Big dude, man. Yeah, big dude. Yeah, but you know, as big as these guys are, so they get their ha- asses handed to them by Jerry. <laughs> yeah, <as> they do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, while they're when that happens, the club ends up, you know, erupting in chaos, and everybody kinds of runs around. And in the shuffle, uh, Amy and Charlie are reunited for like a minute before they end up getting lost before the, uh, in the crowd again. And Jerry takes advantage of this and gets Amy. And we see Amy and Jerry leaving in Billy's Jeep with Ed in the back laughing and pointing. <laughs> love that laugh. Oh, yeah. That laugh's great. Yeah, I love it. So good. And he's in full vampire form, too. That. Mm-hmm. After this, Charlie goes back to Peter and he's trying to beg for his help. And he tells him that, you know, Jerry has Amy and but obviously Peter don't want to help. And he reveals to Charlie there that he is no vampire killer, just an actor. And Peter Vincent does it in the movies, do it in real life and sack up, bro. (laughs) He tells him that Peter Vincent isn't even his real name. (laughs) (laughs) And Charlie ends up, he doesn't give up. He continues begging, but it obviously doesn't, it don't work. And he tells him that he can't do it alone. Meanwhile, this is a hilarious scene. Jerry puts on a mixtape and he seduces Amy. Yeah, he does. <laughs> With that awesome... <laughs> I never thought of that. He does. And it's he a does. sexy ass what, score. What all men do he, he is to woo he their women. Mix, he hits that mixtape and it just oof, it goes he gets all seductive and even calls his Amy to <laughs> He calls his name like, up and reveal her neck to him and everything. It's like the only thing they're missing is like a bearskin rug or something. <laughs> <laughs> that lip fire, I know, right, man? Get a little bearskin next to you. Yeah, yeah. And it's also crazy because like uh, Amy like wakes up and she's all confused as where she's at, and then yeah. Jerry, she still ain't mad. 
Yeah, yeah, he just takes his shirt off, and then she just is completely fine with it, and just takes her shirt off too, and reveals her neck to him. Yeah, I, I, so, I, think, she, I think she goes, "Where's Charlie?" And he just shushes yeah. her, shakes his head, "No, baby, no." Yeah, yeah, no, Jerry, baby. Jerry Big Dick is here. Big Dick <laughs> is here, baby. You don't, you don't need Charlie. Jerry ends up buying Amy, and. After this, we see a shot of this. Too. Oh yeah, it, oh yeah, it is. Uh, her back, all, blood going down. Looks yeah, good. all the blood dripping down is great. Uh, we see Charlie. He's uh, outside Jerry's house, and he's alone until a hand grabs him and uh, grabs his shoulder, and it's Peter. Peter's gonna help finally. That's what I love about this. And uh, I think I don't know if it was Tom Holland or somebody else said in an interview that. Uh, Peter's character reminds people uh, has a lot to do a lot of symbolism with the, the cowardly lion in the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, and and like what's great about him is that even though Charlie's like you know kind of our main character, Peter's kind of the heart of this movie. He is. And uh, so you know he's Peter Peter's there to help help to help Charlie. And the, the, they're about to walk in the front door, and Peter says suggests that you know they go around from the back for the sneak attack, but it's too late. Uh, Jerry knows knows they're there. The door slowly opens and beckons them in, and they enter. And we get one of the best scenes ever. Fucking Big Dick Jerry emerges, uh, walks down the uh, walks down the staircase, and he has his uh, long nail out, kind of slowly g- g- uh, gliding across the staircase. And he goes, mm-hmm. "Welcome to Fright Night." For real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Mr. Ryan is great, man. He's got a very extensive, uh, huge, extensive theater and Broadway background. Yes. Um, yeah. 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 And it, I mean, it, and it kind of comes back to him not wanting to do a horror movie. I kind of understand. Honestly, this, this probably wasn't a, a typical role for Chris Sarandon to partake yeah. in. Or 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 agree to do, you know. Um, yeah. But I'm glad he's really so glad he thought second of it because he is the, oh, the yeah. way he just says that fright night. It's just it's it's he's just he's sweet symphony. Yeah, yeah, because he's he's kind of mocking Peter Vincent. Yes. So why he's doing it? And if I if I read correctly, I can't remember the name of the movie, but I heard the reason he was so cautious about doing a horror movie because he had recently done one that went bad. Yeah, I'm Ooh, trying okay. to think what that would have been. I'm trying to think what that would have been. Probably nothing I ever. What the fuck would that have been? I'll think of it. I'll think yeah. of it. I'll look it up if I can't think of it. <laughs> but uh, now you got me curious. <laughs> so so Charlie demands to P, uh to Jerry. Uh, he he demands to know where Amy is, and Jerry tells them that she's up there. Uh, she's up there, but they'll have to get past him first. And Peter pulls up pulls out a cross. And it causes Jerry to laugh and mock him, tells him that he has to have faith for that to work, which then Charlie grabs it and it works. And Jerry backs away before a badass uh, Billy Cole assists him. And uh, he he smacks Charlie to fucking next weekend. And <laughs> no <one is> fucking <laughs> he does. <laughs> He does, man. That's funny. Smacks the shit out of him, and uh, Peter ends up just you know saying fuck this and fleeing and out the front door. And uh, Peter runs next door and he's looking for Charlie's mom, 
and he finds that the phone line's been cut. So he ends up going up to her room and <laughs> he'll love this because he, he sees what he thinks is her in bed and he goes to wake her up and it's Ed and he's wearing this like ridiculous red wig. <laughs> he looks like Raggedy Andy. Raggedy yeah. Andy became a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Ed mocks him and shows a note where Charlie's mom is working nights and that she's left dinner in the oven. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm, dinner's in the <laughs> oven. <laughs> I love, I love Ed, Ed's performances. It's so damn good. Mm-hmm. But uh, Peter runs out to the hall, and oh, so this this part confuses me. Uh, I maybe I just haven't seen the right va- or read the right vampire book to know about this. But Ed turns into a wolf. Yeah. Yeah. I've never heard of I've I've never heard of vampires turning into wolves. Oh, that's been that that that, that happened in Dracula. Oh, did it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, especially I, uh, in, it's been a long time since I've seen the original original, but definitely yeah. the '70s Dracula with Frank Langella. Yeah, Frank Langella turned uh, that his portrayal of Dracula. They even have him turn into uh, a wolf in that movie as well. Okay, okay. I I'll have to go back and. Go back and watch it. I guess I haven't, I haven't seen that in years. So that's actually a really that's a kind of underrated ver, uh, version of Dracula. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's got a uh, oh, Lord's Olivia that one. plays in that one. Doesn't yeah. It, it, it might, yeah, he yeah, plays Van Helsing. So. Is that the yeah, uh, Donald Pleasance? Donald Pleasance is in that. We get we get Doctor Loomis. Is that the, uh, the the one with the famous line of him uh, of or or is that the older one where they say the famous line of. Uh, where you hear the wolves howling, and he says, "Listen to them, children of the night." Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says that in that, in that you, version. Yeah. They even, I think they yeah. do a version of that in the uh, the 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 uh, Francis Ford Coppola one too. Okay, okay. So uh, Ed turns to a wolf, and he ends up uh, running out, and he lunges at Peter. But uh, as he lunges at Peter, he's impaled by a wooden banister piece and falls to the floor, and he's he's limping. He's obviously severely injured. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 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 Peter gets downstairs and Ed's, you know, he's slowly but painfully starting to revert back to human form because he's succumbing, he's succumbing to his injuries. And it's, it's this part's really interesting because you see Peter, he starts to feel for Ed because he realizes that, you know, he's just a kid. Mm-hmm. It's really, this is, this whole scene's done really well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been reaches for him at, at one point. Yeah. It's really good, man. Yeah, and the uh, what's fucking awesome is the fucking effects in this part is um, amazing, and uh, it actually took uh, the makeup crew put uh, 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 that's actual Ed, uh, uh, that's actually Stephen uh, Jeffries under all that. It took them eighteen hours to apply that. Mm, wow! Holy shit! Yes. Wow! Wow! Well, was right. <laughs> That was here's the thing. While we all love practical effects, man, they were a bitch. <laughs> and they yeah. were, and, That's your story. And they, and they were expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that whole scene's done really well, though, man. Like, it is. Uh, it is. It's pretty powerful, actually, because uh, you see the 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 confliction in uh in um you know Roddy McDowell's face, man. Like right. uh the the confliction between having to kill a uh, a, a monster, but that monster happened to be a young child that he was, you know, just spent the fucking day with, <laughs> you yeah. know? 
Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. And then Stephen Joffrey's, uh, you know, he's he's fantastic. Um, uh, you know, lay, laying there in pain and and then everything that it's just done really well. I like that scene. It's really yeah. good. And the the special effects, like you know, how amazing they were, they were done by Steve Johnson, who yeah. also did all the amazing transformation sequences you see in American Werewolf in London and The Howling. Mm, okay, all that stuff. I lo- do you know what's it's it's funny. It's funny. I think he was on those same crews. I, I think he worked with Rick Baker a lot. Yeah, I think so. If, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Um, no, th- like, I'm telling you guys, if you've never seen Fright Night from 1985, man, this, and you're a horror fan, what the fuck are you waiting for? Like, seriously. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it's not just one thing with this movie. Like, there's, I think that's why it's my favorite. And while I'm I'm part of an awesome podcast that I have a blast doing that's inspired by the name of, from The Lost Boys, I, I I probably do prefer Friday Night a little more. It just there's just this thing hits on so many elements, so many. Oh yeah, it does. It, it really does. And again, I think partly too is because I saw it before Lost Boys, you know, yeah. only by a couple of years. But I did see it first. But yeah, no, I yeah, man. If you haven't seen this movie, guys, um, Kyle's about to take us through this final act here pretty soon. It's fucking badass. Oh yeah. Yeah, this final act is is amazing. Uh, Jerry, uh, we see Jerry toss Charlie into a room, and we see a slowly turning Amy, and he tosses him a wooden stake in there and tells him that he'll need it soon before he leaves. That's cold. What an asshole. (laughs) Just fucking tossing him in that room with Amy with a stake, you know, basically saying, hey, you're going to have to kill your girlfriend. Not going to lie, I really dig that part. It just shows, like, the complete, you know, he has that charisma and that and that sex appeal that comes with the, you know, Dracula vampire lore. But at a, you know, the switch of a dime, he's able to just be like, I'm going to be the biggest asshole that <laughs> is, the biggest yeah. monster by saying, like, oh, you know your love interest? I just turned to a vampire, and I'm going to make yeah. you kill her. <laughs> and, Jerry is kind of evil, but you know Jerry's Jerry's a negotiator. He told he told Charlie like in the first act, hey man, just forget about me. I'll forget about you, bro. Let's yeah. just be cool. I'm just a big dick vampire I'm trying to make a living, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't need some fucking high school punk to be knowing my business. And yeah, Charlie Hat, Charlie Hat, what's Charlie do? Go call Art Hev- Lieutenant Art Evans. Come on over. Yeah, you <laughs> fucked up. You did this, Charlie. That's the moral of this movie. It's all Charlie Brewster's fault, man. It is. 100%. 100%. Mind your fucking business, kid. I mean, it, he, had, he had the option to <laughs> to move away, to, to forget about this. Well, he also had the option to get laid. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's really where it went wrong. So at the end of the day, this movie is kind of promoting premarital sex. <laughs> it's if, very... yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... <laughs> oh, don't man. worry about your neighbor's business. Just worry about you getting some business. Exactly. Worry, worry about taking care of business. But, but <laughs> it's okay because we'll come back to this. I think he's learned the lesson later on. Yeah, uh, he does. So after this. Charlie flips over Amy and we see that she has she's already developing things. And, you know, here's uh, here's Andy's uh, uh, future ex-wife. <laughs> Vampire. 
vampire Amy. My favorite. My favorite Amy. For sure. Even the, I mean, human Amy, man. Hell yeah. I'd date her. Absolutely. In high school? Absolutely. I definitely, I'll tell you this. If I was in Charlie's shoes, I would have um, rounded third base with her and saved my friend's <laughs> life. So nice job, Brewster. There to go, bud. <laughs> Fucking uh, monster. God, oh, man. So, uh, you know, Charlie sees that Amy's, uh, he's already developing things and everything. And then Peter ends up showing up in the room. And Jerry knows that they're all there. And uh, uh, Peter tells Charlie that, yeah, Peter tells Charlie that they can turn her back if they kill Jerry before Don. So as they go uh, outside to try and kill Jerry, uh, <laughs> a badass Bill, Billy shows up uh, and <laughs> he, te- he teases them about being vampire killers before Peter pulls out a fucking gun and point blank range shoots him in the fucking head and he just goes rolling down the stairs. It's <laughs> a good shot. It is. It is. That's a hell of a shot because it's like, man, he went. He got sent flying on that one. Yeah, and uh, apparently Billy Cole went to the beach because he turns into a bunch of sand, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eventually, yeah. Yeah, because uh, after this, uh, Jerry returns and uh, Charlie uh, uh, pulls out a cross uh, and he gets him to kind of stay back, but Jerry also notices that, you know, Billy is still alive. And so, uh, Billy ends up sneaking up behind him, but then Peter pulls up the gun again and he shoots him so many fucking times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just opens up fire to the point that there's just smoke filling the staircase. <laughs> yeah. There's something wrong with that ammunition folks. <laughs> That's a little smoky. That's a lot of smoke <laughs> being being created by that gun. There, there's something wrong there. <laughs> yeah. But it's not uh all the shots aren't really doing anything. So Bill uh ends up grabbing Peter and as he's grabbing Peter, Charlie grabs uh one of the stakes and he gra- he stabs it through his chest as green goo just oozes out of Billy and he just kind of slowly melts and turns to sand and it's a cool kill. Yeah. A sand like mm. skeleton thing before he falls down and shatters and his skulls just there. Yeah. Rest in peace. William Cole, 1796 this, to 1985. Yes. <laughs> this is the one scene that I had a, I had a hard time grasping because I get that he's undead, but I'm like, was, was he feeling like formaldehyde? Like yeah, it's pretty interesting. From from, from dying, uh, um, sure. I think the whole zombie thing uh, and the part of it, um, I remember from the the Eddie Murphy vampire movie, Vampire in Brooklyn. Where <laughs> yeah, <he> kept <laughs> falling apart. But, um, A West, the West Craven classic. Yeah. <laughs> but I, at the same time, I was like, that it was. I kind of got thrown off from that. Um, I, that would be like the only thing I would change to where like he was undead and you couldn't kill him. Except by chopping off a head, that would take an axe to a head. But that would be like the only thing I would have different because the green ooze just and how much green ooze was coming out of his body, <laughs> like it, it actually made sense for him to completely decompose to nothing with how much green ooze came out. Yeah, I think I, I think partly as I, I, I 
you could tell like you know this whole movie is definitely storyboarded and i could just see holland in the storyboard room doing the scenes like oh this would look sweet and it does but you're right people have always wondered like what the fuck is he is he a zombie or is he this is he that i've always just called him a ghoul he's a ghoul <laughs> he's a fucking yeah. ghoul and what did you say earlier uh kyle uh the beginning in the beginning a lot of people uh like it, it, apparently there's a trope where vampires create these protector golems to watch over them during uh, the, the day. And some people think that's what Bill, Billy is. Yeah. He's a golem. Yeah. A yeah. golem. There yeah. You go. yeah. Like a protector golem. Yeah. Cool. He's a ghoulish golem. Yes. <laughs> well, rest, rest in, rest in peace, William Cole. Rest in peace, Billy. Rest in peace, badass Billy. We love you, man. <laughs> So after this, Charlie runs up. He runs up. He's gonna go check on Amy, and she's getting worse as she has full fangs now and red eyes, and her hair is longer all of a sudden and more red. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> so uh, Jerry is. Uh, then we see Jerry, and he's on the roof of the house, and he's commanding Amy to awaken and to kill Charlie and Peter. But uh, Peter ends up holding the cross at her. And it's obviously effective because, you know, she's a newly fresh, fresh turned vampire. And so she's weaker. Uh, Jerry and then an awesome ass scene. Jerry fucking crashes through the stained glass window. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Peter tries again with a cross. But, of course, it's not enough to stop Jerry because he reminds him again by mocking him that, you know, he doesn't have faith for it to work. He doesn't have the faith for it to work. And uh, as he does this, uh Yes. All the clocks in the house start going off as it gets closer to dawn. To have faith. <laughs> yes. Not to work. On and as uh, dawn approaches, uh, Jerry ends up getting a blast of sunlight from the broken window and it, it it turns him to this uh, into a, a bat form and he he's attacking Peter. Yeah. And Charlie ends up uh, managing to uh, to get the the Jerry bat form off of Peter uh, before sunlight hits him and he flees away in in pain to the basement to his coffin. And this uh, I, I know I know the other bat form. I think maybe this too was actually a prop, an unused prop from Ghostbusters. It was supposed to be uh, the, the library ghost's second form, but it was redeemed too terrifying for kids. Yeah, they left it out. Of, they cut it out of Ghostbusters. Yep. Can you believe it? Yeah, I believe both of those props, the 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 skeleton at the end, which we're about to get to, this like skeleton, full Dandridge skeleton bat thing, and then yep. this actual bat. I think they both were actually. Yeah. 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 Same same crew as Ghostbusters on this. Yep. Yep, yep. It was also I just I was listening to an interview Tom Holland was doing on a podcast and uh he, he actually has he said he has all the props from Fright Night in his house. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, he 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 he's got Billy's skull and everything. So uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you know how awesome that would be to have. I would love a tour of Tom Holland's home and I guarantee you he would enjoy genuinely enjoy giving that tour. I, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> He's, it's one of those situations. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, Tom. I haven't talked to Tommy in years. I hope you're well, Tommy. Take it easy, man. Stay well, my friend. <laughs> so Peter and uh, Charlie 
and they, uh, they go to the basement to try and kill Jerry once and for all. But they're confronted by full vamp Amy, who looks oh yeah, who who uh, she looks freaking awesome in she her full vamp. I know, dude. And she's like, don't you want me anymore? I'm like, fuck, yeah. yes, I do. <laughs> I do, Amy. Even with the shark mouth, Amy? <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. She hasn't turned. She hasn't gotten yeah, full yeah. aggro okay. yet, okay? Let's, okay? I like this Amy. This, okay. this, this, this version of vampire Amy. With Even her teeth. She looks kind of glittery. Yeah. Like that that fucking bold, big red hair, curly red hair. She has like, oh, man, her the teeth, even her teeth look sexy. I can't. I don't know. Here and, you go, Amanda Beer. She look good, mama. And she, she ends up turning full form before she's about to get Charlie. And this is what people refer to as the shark mouth, which right. is what we this see. Is what, this in is the where article. I filed for divorce. This is exactly yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. This is what we see in the iconic poster, and uh, this actually was like a a last minute thing too. Oh yeah, yeah, the whole shark mouth thing. Yeah, it was. um, Thank you. Yeah, he wanted to have a a a wow factor, you know, uh, near the end, one more wow factor, and uh, it was it was cool because he asked him, he's like, hey, do you think you can? throw something together and the guy was like yeah but it ain't gonna look all that great so i wouldn't put it on screen very much but it looks good and it was so iconic that it ended up becoming the fucking uh movie poster (laughs) it's fantastic the the makeup's excellent it is it's really good it really really is and so she's about to get as she's about to get charlie peter manages to get jerry's coffin open and uh, he plunges the the uh, banister piece stake into Jerry and then he and Jerry will of course awakens and then Peter starts hammering it, hammering it in with the hammer into him and uh, which causes uh, Jerry ends up rising out and he yanks it out, throwing it, causing it to bust a glass window and causing of course sunlight to hit him, causing more harm for him. And Peter and Charlie ends up seeing this and they see an opportunity to start breaking as many windows as they can trying to let in all the sunlight. Uh, Jerry tr- runs and tries to go to his coffin, but Peter closes the lid shut the last minute. <laughs> I know. And he, Jerry's pissed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's not happy. I mean, I mean think about it. You were trying to, I mean, think about it. These motherfuckers are breaking in his home, and he's just trying to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so as there, as that, as, uh, Peter closes the coffin shut on Jerry's coffin. Uh, Jer- uh, Charlie pulls down this a curtain and it's let it lets in like this blast of sunlight that hits Jerry and it causes him to go flying through the room and he turns into what we said earlier the little skeleton bat thing before he ends up exploding and 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 dying. Uh, it's a cool shot too. I like this whole yeah. sequence. We didn't really mention it in this either. Like this, this, like the score is good in this too, but the sound in yeah. this movie, uh, sound effects in this are actually really good too. The sound, oh, yeah. I, I love the sound in this movie. This whole, this whole scene where the sun blows him up. Ah, yes, sound's yeah. a big part of it. Love it. <laughs> so, so Jerry's been defeated, and we see Amy. She's back to normal, and then everybody is uh, seems to be all good, and everybody does uh, like a celeb, a celebratory uh, hug. 
And so then everything goes back full circle and we see uh, uh, one of the a shot of Charlie's house that we saw in the opening and we see Amy and Charlie back on the bed, on the bed this time, not, not trying to hide in the floor beside the bed. They're on the bed and they're, they're on the bed making out and Friday night with uh, Peter Vincent's playing on the TV, like at the beginning. But this time Peter's decided to let the vampires rest for a while. We, and he winks at the TV and he says, ain't that right, Charlie? And he introduces an alien centric episode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which causes Charlie to get up and turn off the TV. And as he does, he catches a glimpse of glowing red eyes coming from Jerry's house. But instead of, you know, uh, obviously go and investigate, Charlie's learned his lesson and he shrugs it off and he hops back in bed with Amy. He finally got those priorities straight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God damn it, Brewster, your friend Ed. Got to take, take care of the missus, son. But, you know, but unfortunately, young. it doesn't appear as things are back to normal because uh, as the movie's closing, we see the window again and we see the glowing red eyes and we hear Evil Ed cackle and he says, you're so cool, Brewster. And <laughs> then we have the amazing fucking Fright Night theme song kick yeah. at the credits Friday roll. Night. Yeah, it is a good song. actually. We, we end Fright Night. Man, I, I fucking love this movie. Oh, it's a great one. It's a classic, man, for sure. Lots of fun stuff about this movie too. Like, there's all sorts of really cool little, uh, little things that you can read about. This is oh, yeah. uh, like in the sense that, uh, like here, let me pull. Uh, like, uh, William Ragsdale got the role of this movie movie because he had an audition for the the role of Rocky Dennis in the movie Mask with Cher. Oh wow! He, obviously, he didn't get it. Uh, he lost to Eric Stoltz, but the casting director Jackie Birch, who was uh, the casting director for this, she remembered the audition and thought he'd be perfect for Charlie Brewster. So that's just uh, that's kind of cool. You know, one one failure, you know, can lead yeah. to something that turned out to be pretty well for him because he's. I mean, lots of people will remember him for this role. He was memorable in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And still uh, working too. I mean, he was he was uh, yeah. on a couple seasons of Justified. That uh, yeah, yeah, Timothy. Absolutely. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh wow. Stephen Joffrey's actually got his role because of a failed audition too. He because yeah. uh, he auditioned That's for the role uh, that Anthony Michael Hall had in Weird Science, and yep. uh, it was an awkward audition. Apparently, I don't know what made it awkward, but uh, I would have hired yeah. Stephen Joffrey. He's no sense of no offense. And, uh, <laughs> I need more Stephen Joffrey's in my life. To piggyback off that, uh, Stephen Joffrey's also originally auditioned for the role of of, of Charlie Brewster. Oh, okay. But, but they told him that they didn't want him. That they wanted him. They intended him for him to be Evil Ed, and he said he was kind of discouraged and kind of heartbroken over that because he really wanted that role. But then he ended up, you know, obviously uh, uh, pulling off a really great role as as Evil Ed. Yeah, yeah, it worked out great. He was great in that role. Yeah, yeah. This has got this movie really does have a lot of fun facts, a lot of fun things to read about. It does. I I fucking love this movie. It's like one of my favorite vampire movies. It's like it's honestly like it's only second to Lost Boys just because I'm I feel more connected to Lost Boys because I I I saw it first and and born everything. But but this is probably probably my second if I had to. If I would do a list, you know, anytime soon, wink, wink. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll be doing a list with you quite soon. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> I, I am going to make sure because, uh, because I, I know you and uh, y'all always talk about this movie and I've never seen it. 
and uh, I need to. I feel like I need to watch this if I'm going to do a list of vampire movies. I need to watch Near Dark. Oh yeah, you do. Before, before, before we do that list. That's a cool <laughs> movie, man. That's a highly recommend. Yeah, directed by the uh, great Catherine Catherine Bigelow, uh, first female to ever win the Oscar for best directing for The Hurt Locker. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, she's a pioneer, man. Yeah, she uh, cut her teeth, no pun intended, on horror. Uh, <laughs> she, she did. Oh, God, I'm so bad. Yeah. And oh. another, uh, another one of hers is really good. I think, didn't she do Zero Dark Thirty as well? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. She's good. She's Point very Break. Good. Don't forget Point yep, Break. Of course, the, the OG Point. Not the remake. The original? God. Okay. Yes, the, original. the OG. No. Yeah, Catherine Big. There was no remake. I don't care what <laughs> oh, it exists, buddy. I don't it know. Exists. It's not, not in my world. Oh, it does. I'll, I'll forward it over to you I'm right now. I can put on the remake and 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 not want to turn it off. I can enjoy it, but it's obviously nowhere near as good as the original. I don't know if we can be friends, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> <I'd rather laughs> oh God. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't know. I, I've watched it a few times. Uh, it wasn't I, obviously. I didn't like it nowhere near as the original, but it wasn't one that I, I turned off. <laughs> but uh, we, we we've been talking about over two hours about this fucking movie, and oh uh, yeah, we'll been, have that when we're around. Yeah, it's been a fucking blast. But uh, let's uh, let's get ready to close this show. Uh, let's go in some final thoughts and ratings. I know you did. I'll do out of four. We always do out of five, but since y'all are on, we're gonna do a. We're gonna make sure we do stakes through the heart, though, for sure. Okay, oh, so we're right. doing five stakes through the heart. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, out of five. Let's see, let's go with everybody's ratings and final thoughts in the movies. Let's start with uh, you, Jr. So for me, I give it a four out of five stakes through the heart. Um, really, the character di- the characters drive this film, and it's funny because even two. Two of the characters, Charlie and and Amy, I can even see some of their acting tones in other roles because I saw Charlie in that justified role as well as, you know, Amy, just even as Mar- uh, Marcy kind of, the you know, her being a drone a little bit until she becomes the sexy, fierce Amy as the vampire. Chris, Chris Sarandon, Jerry Bidnick Dandris is just, like I said, he oozes that 80s, charisma that you wanted a vampire movie and then also the the special effects makeup artists and really if you you just have to compare the two fright nights if you compare this to the remake you see completely why actual real you know prosthetics makeup is better than cgi mm-hmm. the two characters of jerry and amy in this film compared to um colin farrell's uh jerry and i i Excuse me, the name of the actress who played Amy in the remake, but that shows uh, why Imogen Boots. That it shows exactly why the, for me, still makeup, this type of uh, prosthetics effects is the best in the business to still go with compared to CGI. So, uh, with that, I give it four out of five. I like it. Okay. All right, uh, Brian. Oh God, I'm gonna slide right above him at a four and a half out of five. It's a damn near mm. perfect movie to me. Um, yeah, I, uh, I, it's, it's, you know, it's, I think it's, it's, um, recommended viewing, 
for uh, for horror and vampire uh, vampire fans. Um, it's got one of the finest uh, performances um, of a of a quote unquote modern uh, vampire you'll find in horror. Uh, it, it, I mean, Chris Sarandon really really had a blast with this role. Um, it, you could tell that he was genuinely uh, enjoying himself pretty much the whole time. And um, and I like that when when a, and when a, when a character is having fun with what he with what he does when it when an actor is having fun with what he does and uh, and it oozes on the screen that way I mean that's that's kind of uh, that's kind of contagious you know so yeah this is a, I think I'll slide right four and a half stakes through Jerry Big Dick Dandridge's sexy ass heart <laughs> uh, Andy yeah um, I'm gonna go a little bit above Brian. Yeah, this is easy for me. I'm a sucker for this movie, though. Um, five and a five out of five stakes of the heart. I'm giving this a five. I don't give a fuck. Five oh, yeah. out of five stakes of the I, heart. Um, it's a lot of reasons. The way Brian was just talking about Chris Sarandon's performance is 100% true. Like, he's so invested. But that's not even just it with this movie as the performances go. You get that out of Roddy McDowell like a motherfucker oh, in this yeah. movie. Dude, Roddy McDowell was such, like, the Joker on set. And just had for everything I've read and seen that documentary, he had the most fun as a set on the set than anyone. He had more fun than anyone on the set, <laughs> and it shows in his performance because he is so fucking invested as this fucking down. Here's the thing: at the time when this came out, Ronnie McDowell's career had kind of, you know, kind of hit the skids a little bit. Not that he was like, just a little bit. And it, he's in an essence, he's kind of playing himself in this movie to a certain extent. Um, so. For that, I I think that's I think that's why he's so good at this role. I really do. Not outside of the fact that he's just a tremendous actor and always was, but uh, Stephen Joffrey's in this as Evil Ed. Uh, he invested as well. I love the performances, love the characters in this so much, and they are written so well by in this movie first time director Tom Holland and longtime screenwriter Tom Holland. Uh, he did it. He directs the shit out of this film, boys. He does. Agreed. This he does he he deserves a lot of credit for how well he directed this movie and how good of a story it really truly is. Um, so for that for me I I don't know man this this eighties is such a great decade of horror horror but but this this easily cracks my top ten probably even top five of the eighties for sure. Yeah. I like love it. this love this film. Kyle, finish up. All right, and uh, I'm gonna uh go with uh with 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 Andy and I'm also going to give it five stakes uh out of the heart out of five I, I, I fucking like love this movie uh man this like I said before this this movie is only second to me to Lost Boys and that's just because of how connected I am to Lost Boys but uh man everything from the characters the effects the the, the story it just even it, it's a simple story that that just works and it's, it's tom holland's directorial debut and he fucking knocked it out of the park i mean if i if, I, if, if i'm in the movie business and i see this director uh you know direct his first movie and this is what he does like i'm gonna yeah. give him more opportunities <laughs> uh but yeah and also like it's like you know it's uh it's an hour and 46 minutes but it doesn't feel like it no and, Every scene works. Every scene, like I can't think of a scene you can take out of this movie that that you'd want to take out of this movie. Everything works. Yeah, for for a first time director, it's paced very very well. Yeah, yeah. 
and I mean, it's everything, the score, I mean, everything, and, and all the characters are wonderful. Like, there's list, there's not a character in here that I, that I'm like, oh, you know, I don't really care for this character that much. Everybody does their their jobs well, and this movie is just perfect. It's uh, it's like this my second favorite vampire movie, you know, next to Lost Boys, and it, I I definitely put it up there in in like one of the best horror uh, one of the best horror films. I, I de- recommend for for sure if you're a vampire fan, this is a must watch. And honestly, if you're a horror fan, just a must watch. You have to watch this movie at least once. I like it. I agree. But yeah, man, man, it's it's been. An, absolute blast and an honor to have you guys on this show uh on our show finally uh <laughs> we've had a great time and i hope you, y'all have too and uh, oh yeah this was a lot of fun man i love talking horror you know and shoot oh yeah that's why we have the podcast we have right <laughs> exactly exactly for, absolutely i'm sure anybody listening to this already knows who you are but just in case uh anybody doesn't know they are uh so this is Brian and Andy from the Dead in Santa Carla podcast. They're also part of the Slashing Cast podcast network. And for anyone who may have not heard of y'all, uh, uh, tell tell if you don't mind telling everybody where they can find you. You want to take that, Andy? Uh, well, yeah, real quick, and then I'll pass it back to you, buddy. Um, yeah, you you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms: Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all of them. Wherever podcasts exist, and then also our Twitter at Dead and SC Podcast. That's at Dead and SC Podcast on Twitter. Um, yeah, we're actually Brian. We're we're uh, we got a special episode coming up on Monday the 18th. Yeah, we do. Yeah, you do, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. And we're talking about a little movie about a, about a small group of vampires that just aren't allowed to ride the fucking Ferris wheel. I mean, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Keep keep getting kicked <laughs> off the fucking boardwalk. I know. People are just there to see this sexy sax player get down, man. What yeah, the fuck? Fucking bullshit, bro. man. I don't know about y'all, but I still believe. I still believe. <laughs> I definitely still <laughs> fucking believe. My oh god. god. Yeah, so we're it's ironic. We're both both podcasts, the Trick or Treaters podcast and Dead in Santa Carla, both have the same theme for January. Yeah. Guys, we're we're doing vampire movies too all month, man. Check us and both we, out. If we, you guys, you're coming on with us. Yeah, you guys, you're, yeah, dude. Oh my god, <laughs> it's so great because we didn't even plan it. I literally just posted in the Discord like, "Hey, this no. is what we're we're doing in January. We're doing vampires," and you're like, and you're like, Haha, so are we?" I know <laughs> it was a total funny. coincidence. We don't tell people shit about what we do behind the scenes. That shit's on lockdown. No, I'm just kidding. But no, yeah, like no, we we just Brian and I just bullshit between ourselves all the time. So, um, we never like you know. Yeah. But it's it, it's funny. It it was funny. I'm like, oh my god, we're doing the same. Get the fuck out of here. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's funny. But here we are. But here we are. And yeah, I I look forward to hearing the rest of y'all stuff all month, especially because uh uh well this this episode will already be out uh by the time it's on there, but. I'm looking forward to y'all's video episode on Lost Boys uh, uh, comes out tomorrow, right? No, no, that that, that one's the uh, 18th. I think that, that's the 18th. Uh, yeah, Monday the 18th. Uh, uh, not Lost yeah. Boys, uh, Blade. 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 Yeah, Blade yeah, drops. Blade. Yeah, Blade will be out by now. Yeah. 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 Okay. On the fourth. Yeah, that came that came out on the fourth, and actually that was our first. Uh, starting. That's our first episode. All our new episodes going forward are going to be in video format via our YouTube. Yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. You can find us at one Denzel. hour and nine minutes from right now. <laughs> yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, Brian, I'm looking forward to that. 
Yeah, Brian did all the editing and worked very hard on that. I'm very, I'm very, I'm very, I'm very proud of him. No, you. What do you mean? You worked hard. I'm getting. I busted my ass. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I'm telling you, you it was. Dude, dude. Yep. Yeah, dude. Brian showed me a little, a little intro the other day on on the Discord, and it, it looked really good. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hopefully, the rest of the episode looks good too. Yeah. <laughs> It does. It does. It looks fucking good. Regular audio format, uh, though, right for the for like the podcast uh, platforms. What was our what? what? I'm about to say. I know y'all are switching to YouTube and doing the, the video format, but y'all are still doing the audio format. Oh, right? yeah. oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Oh, Nothing's sure. gonna change really. Yeah. All we're doing, we're just we're just adding another platform. Yeah. yeah. In, in fact, the uh, the audio of episodes are gonna be uh, aesthetically a little different because there's just certain things that you can't put on YouTube, you know. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's uh, it, yeah, everything's gonna gonna go be exactly the same for anybody that prefers their uh, their podcasts to come from like Stitcher or Apple or Spotify or whatever. Okay. And just did this because we wanted to uh, just branch out. It's all about it's all about. The, it's all about that brand, man. You gotta, you got. It's all about yeah. getting that brand out there. Yeah. I want, uh, I want to have Dead and Santa Carla, t, uh, you know, tennis shoes one day. Oh, that'd be awesome. I'm gonna partner. We're gonna partner with uh, Converse. We're gonna make Chuck Taylor, <laughs> Chuck Taylor, David's takeout fucking all stars. The little I star is gonna be is gonna be that little David logo right there. It's fucking spaghetti, awesome. spaghetti shoe, like uh, like noodles, Chinese noodles. Yeah, there's gonna be ma- noodles and maggots and rice and yeah. perfect. It's perfect. Heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, no, it's exciting. It's exciting. So yeah, we're just adding video. Honestly, we're just gonna our same podcast, just offering it in video format as well. You know, so you can listen to us if that's your thing, or if you want to watch a video version of it, head on over to our YouTube. Yep, I, I'm. I, well, I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking for the rest. Uh, look forward to the rest of the month and uh, everybody else that's uh, our podcast network, man. Our our, our network is is wonderful. I. I I love it. It's it's been a wonderful thing to be to be added to it and agreed. Great people. I, I, I'll say it all the time, and I and I always joke about it. I talk to our friends at Scream Queens about it, but when when Kyle brought it to us that um, for us to be part of the slashing cast, and I just heard you guys like for the first month, um, you know, with Star Wars House play, and I was like. There's no fucking way they want me to be part of a slashing cast with those guys because what I do is amateur. These guys are professionals. I look like a dork compared to these guys. What? I said, wait, even- wait, do you see me on YouTube soon? I'm a fucking dork too, bro. <laughs> no I'm telling you, bro. I was, it, so for me, I always, and I always talk about it. It's such an honor for me to be part of slashing cast because, you know, Kyle and me and, and our friend Maria, we got together because we love horror, but for me, this is, you know, all of us are here to have fun, but when Absolutely. we see, you know, how big the Slashing Cast uh, network is, and then hearing you guys, I'm like, man, I mean, I feel like there's levels to it, and you guys are, you know, to me, you guys are like the major leagues, and, and <laughs> I feel like I'm single-A baseball, and so, um, <laughs> you know, I... He's got I called up in triple-A, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. So, uh, I just I appreciate you guys. Um, you know, speak for myself on this. I appreciate you guys being a part uh, with us on this episode because I always find find you guys entertaining, 
And um, I spent a lot of time just listening to you guys today because I had to put myself on mute because I was I was cracking up back here. <laughs> and um, I, I can't wait to work with you guys again because, I mean, really, I think, you know, you guys inspired me to, you know, kind of dive in headfirst with this with Kyle after I heard you guys talk because I was, I really enjoyed what you guys did and it, it really brought uh, for me like a breath of fresh air back into my passion of horror that I had when I was younger. That's awesome. Wow, dude. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. Fuck dude. yeah. And, de- wow. and definitely for that crossover episode, you should, you both should definitely come on for that. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Definitely. 100%. Yeah. If you will, we'll, 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 we'll schedule it. It's not, thank you guys for moving this a day back too for recording. Cause I really wanted yeah. to do this and, because you guys are awesome. You're all, we're all friends here. You know what I mean? Like that's why, why I dig the Slash and Cast podcast network. Everyone's just really rooting for one another and and just supporting one another and, and very friendly with one another. And it's uh, it's kind of like a one big family. So appreciate oh, you guys. Oh, one hundred percent. I can't say enough about it being a family. Like uh, I've I've become really close to to quite a few people on the, on the podcast that were like, most of us all are on discord video chat almost every day. Uh, How close Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> like most of us are all, all chatting everything. And we're actually, if, if everything. Is Kyle, big peckered Prescott. Let's go. <laughs> God damn it. But, uh, Sorry, buddy. Go ahead. Close your right, door. Yeah, everything... now, now, you know, the pain Brian feels on a weekly basis. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got something funny to tell you after this. Uh, I'll, I'll, after we get done uh, recording, I'll tell you. But uh, 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 what we saw about how like if everything's possible, uh, we're all wanting to actually plan a big uh, meetup at Halloween Horror Nights in in Orlando this year. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'd on. like to I I'd, I'd like to say that I'm gonna be there. That's uh, it is my plans to try and come out. Yeah, for sure. I can tell Assuming you if it was tomorrow, I'm not going to Florida. I can tell yeah, you. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Assuming the can- the country is safe to reopen, I will absolutely be there. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, they haul that, they haul that governor out in fucking cuffs yet or what? Someone? <laughs> not to get fucking political. But Jesus know, Christ. Jesus. <laughs> Fuck. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Whatever side you're on, I mean, I dude, trust me, I saw a lot of people on the right going, man, I'm motherfucking stupid. So <laughs> don't, don't don't worry. Anyway, but yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. Basically, to sum all this up, yeah, slash cast podcast network is one huge family, and it's it's been wonderful to be a part of it. But uh, anyway, to end all this, uh, we hope everybody uh, had a great time as much as we did on this show. Uh, I mean. I won't know until we, you know, get the audio back. But honestly, I feel like this is like probably one of our best episodes. This has been the most fun I've, I've had in a while recording. So awesome. I, I'm I'm excited for everybody to hear this. Uh, but but yeah, everybody just uh, we hope you all enjoyed this and thank you all so much for all the support you've given us. Uh, with without your support, honestly, this wouldn't be as fun as it is without everybody. And we just appreciate it. And uh, tune in next week as uh, I said we're talking vampires all January and. We'll be talking about 1996 from dusk till dawn. Which, that's right. We're that's talking about movie. Gecko Brothers. We're talking about Salma Hayek. We're talking about Nolte, Tom Levine. They are a little excited. Really talking pussy. <laughs> they are a little excited. <laughs> I, I, that's a, that's a great movie. Scott. Good deal. Yes, pussy classes. lovers. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean that whole that whole scene with Salma Hayek will last the test of time. <laughs>
I'm being oh, this yeah. is true story. I'm excited because Salma, I I grew up with Salma Hayek. I love Salma Hayek, but this this may be the first. I think this may be the first vampire movie I ever saw. Oh, okay, fantastic. Um, one. And Great so one. I love Quentin Tarantino. I love George Clooney. And so this was a, it's a very uh, hilarious film. It's a great film for me. Yeah, yeah. that's gonna be a fun episode. We're totally with you on that. I, I can't I can't wait to talk about it. But, but yeah, everybody uh, tune in next week for From Dust Till Dawn. And uh, like I said, everybody just thank you all so much for the support. Uh, thank you for listening, and we hope you'll continue to support us and and stay with us all. But uh, with this, we must uh, bid you adieu. Goodbye. Good night. Stay creepy. Bang. <laughs>